This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. citizens welcome to the fortress of potitude i'm dave michaels i'm brian betts and we are the kate podcasters this is a show where we talk about a spidey boy and all of these women there's a lot there's quite a few there's of them. a number of them in this one we're talking spider-man Th- trace with a vengeance <laughs> it kind of is spider-man with a vengeance uh i hadn't seen this thing since theaters opening night and that's the only time i might ever. have seen it once other one other time but voluntarily or were you strapped to a chair, Ludovico-style, Clockwork Orange, getting things dropped in your eyeballs, making you watch it? Maybe I haven't seen it since theaters. Okay. Uh, Sam Raimi? Sam Raimi. Back. We're, He's closing back. Out. We're closing out a trilogy here. This That's is exciting. The, uh, the first director to ever direct three superhero movies. Because the Donner. He got uh, one and a half? Yeah. One and a quarter? Yeah. And Brian, Sing- clo- Brian, Brian Singer. Singer had only done two at this point. Right. Right. And uh, Tim Burton did two? Right. So good, good for Raimi. Uh, Schumacher I did guess. too. Yeah, he did. I'm actually looking forward to talking about the Schumacher ones when it comes up. We'll get there. Oh yeah, those are a special brand of awesome. Awesome's a word. Yeah, it's, it's used to describe. You just made choices. Things. <laughs> Lots of people are making choices, including Threebs McGeebs. Threebs McGeebs. He's back. He's back. He's doing it again. Spider-Man Three. Yeah. Uh, James Franco's back. Yeah. A lot of people are back. Kirsten Dunst is back. Kirsten Dunst is back. <laughs> Introducing Thomas Hayden Church, because he was hot at the time, coming off that sideways heat. Sideways heat? Hot off of sideways? <laughs> Maybe. I guess. People saw that movie, right? He was in it. I like that movie. It's just weird, because a lot of people hate that movie. Was Paul Giamatti in that? Yeah, he was. Well, there you go. For the hate or the love? What more do you need? I don't, for the hate or the love, which way are you leaning with? The, the Giamatti. Who hates Giamatti? It's impossible to. I think oh, that, you can see why I'm perplexed by your question. Okay, that's you're right. Giamatti's a national treasure. He is, and we're actually going to see him in, in the future in Spider-Man. The next Spider-Man. Yeah. Is it the end of Amazing Spider-Man? I don't remember. I can't remember if it's the first or Did second one. All right, he's an interesting choice. Uh, definitely a choice. Topher Grace. Yes. Topes McGoats. Yeah, off of. That 70s show. Not only hot off of that 70s show, he quit that 70s show to do this movie. It's a choice. That's definitely a choice. That was a choice. Yeah, and then uh, who'd they recast him with on that show? It was someone's brother, wasn't it? I don't know. Did they recast? I'm pretty sure they did. I want to say it was like Seth Meyers' brother or something crazy like that. I thought they just kept going without him. I don't know. I don't give a damn. (laughs) And we get weird comic book lore introduced at a strange time with Gwen Stacy and with Captain Stacy. Yeah. It's Bryce Dallas Howard and it's James Cromwell. Okay. Sure. Feels like an odd time to introduce them here. I don't know. Yeah, because the the relationship between Peter and, and Mary Jane has been so cemented over the last two movies. Yeah, and then it's you like, kind of just throw a bomb in there. Hmm. Who comic book fans are going wild over saying Gwen Stacy's a here. A bombshell. Fair. Very fair. The blonde one. Bryce the blonde. Howard. She's pretty great. Yeah. She's great. I don't even know where to go with this thing. This is a very polarizing movie. Extremely polarizing. And I think it tips more one way than any other way. For sure. And I know I was a little torn watching this thing, but I also think this is two different movies. It was supposed to be. Was it really? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, no, there's a why? lot of there's a lot of backstory on this one, actually. The backstory that I saw on this one was that 
Sam Raimi wanted to more dive into the character of Peter Parker, show that there's not just good guys and bad guys, that there could be a duality. Yeah. Did he succeed? That's the real question to this movie. That is a good question. I don't know if he did. I think the original idea was he wanted to have just Sandman and New Goblin. Yes. And then uh, he kind of had- Harold Osborn. He had Venom forced down his throat. That's Avi Arad said, people like this thing, right? Cool. Uh, Avi Arad has since said it was his fault. He takes full responsibility and says he wished he hadn't pressured Sam Raimi into including Venom. For what it's worth, it's really easy to accept fault when this is such a high grossing movie that it was still a massive success. Right. Right. Say you're wrong all day, Russo brothers. Say you're wrong all day. Simple as that. But they're not. I don't know, man. We're going to talk about that later. I don't want to. In non-spoiler detail. We're going to talk. All right. But this thing was a $258 million movie. Mm -hmm. And it made $554 million. Higher budget than Spider-Man 2. Lower gross. But still very successful. Extremely successful. Admit you're wrong all day. Doesn't matter. Right. At that point, I know Sam Raimi has since said that this movie doesn't work. Ah, shucks. I guess I shouldn't have made him do that Venom thing, huh? Uh, (laughs) It's a bad Venom. Whoops on me. It's a bad. Let's get into this thing. Let's get into it. I just wanted to, in classic Spider-Man form, wouldn't be a Spider-Man movie without Threebs McGeeves doing a a voiceover. That's going to be tough to slap into. We haven't talked about Spider-Man in a while. It's It's been a while. Yeah. I don't know what he's talking about in this VO. I don't care. There's a montage he's being of past things again. Snarky in his own VO. He's like, hi, it's me again. You know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we get it now. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> just what I want to hear. He's a very snarky character all around, though. I feel like they really overdid it this time. Yeah. With his character in, yeah. in particular. It would have been actually a pretty good character is if this is what they established two movies ago. Yeah. This type of, because this is yeah. kind of what he is. Definitely. But that's not but, what we got. No. In these opening credits, we also see the symbiote stuff kind of mm-hmm. taking over the credits. Doing a thing. It's kind of neat, I suppose. It's not as it's neat as the Spider-Man 2 opening credits. I like that one a lot, but that's it's a very good one. Love. We right away go to school. Yeah. That's how you start out all awesome movies. Peter's still in school. Yeah, he's a college boy, but he looks like he's signing up for AARP. You know, he's like 40 or something at this point. I don't know. I, he's not looking good in this movie at all. What's weird is Harry isn't in school anymore. He's no. got his company thing. Yeah. Mary Jane's not in school anymore. She's doing her thing. Working. He's going to be like a science boy. Or oh, a okay, that's true. Boy. I guess he's, he's last, a smarty. Yeah. They do more years. I guess. Usually. I guess that's, yeah, maybe, that makes sense. Maybe he's going for like a, one of those higher degrees. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what grade. I don't How does college work with grades and stuff? Because it mixes he's everything. Postgraduate. Yes. But he also has someone shooting a spitball at him in class. Well, yeah, you know, post-grad. <laughs> I'm going to be a doctor one day. Whoop. Doctor spitball in the back row. We see Gwen Stacy. She's also there. That's our first introduction to her. Yeah. And she's just a character. Just and a... she gets the question right. Yeah. And she turns around and smiles at Peter. Got it. Because, Nailed it. Hey, look, I did good. Pay attention to me. Why? I don't know. Pete's going to uh, debate buying an engagement ring for MJ. Yeah. So, he looks in that window yeah. and goes, oh, layaway available. Yeah, they put that sign very conveniently there for him. I could do layaway. <laughs> yes, you, you can. <laughs> MJ's acting. I'm glad we're caught up with her. She's on, yeah. on the Broadway. She's on the Broadway. Yes, she's coming down a set of stairs and singing. So she has gone from not moving and saying dialogue. To now moving and to singing. moving and singing. From Annie Got Your Gun. Is that what Annie it is? Get Your Gun. Annie Got, Annie got Your Gun. Annie Got Your Gun. <laughs> it's a different show. <laughs> Annie goes and steals other people's guns. Right. Yeah. Right. Not as well received as no 
the original. I don't know why when you said that I imagined like Leon the Professional for no reason. No, I like that. That's a good way to go with it. This is Andy the Professional. Yeah. Very different movie. Extremely Starring Natalie different. Portman. Why the hell not? Because why we'll not? circle it. We just There's went all the way around. You're welcome, everyone. Get the Gary Oldman back in there as the villain. Okay. I'd watch it. Harry Osborne's also at the show. He's menacingly up in the balcony. Yeah. He's got just better seats watching. than Pete. Oh, Pete's in the front row. Pete's in the front row, but Harry's in the balcony. Do you want to be in the front row for a musical? I don't think so. I don't have that type of money. I'd, I'm, no, that's... I'd sit lower level. Yeah. I did sit lower level until I saw Book of Mormon, and some dude in front of me came in with a fro, sat right in front of me, and oh, it sucked. I bet. You're doing the looking around it's the like pillar thing all the time. Now, and I'm, I'm an upper deck boy. Upper decker. Yep. So you can just- You just get up there and- Yep. Yeah, Harry's there. He yep. brought flowers. Yep. A lot of them. A lot they're, of them. So they're bigger than than- Peters. I can't tell if he's there to see the play or if he's just trying to be, if he's just trying to get the stink eye to Peter. I'm not sure he's trying to get the stink eye to Peter because outside he's just going to his car and Peter has to run up to him and say, hey, we need to talk, we need bud. To talk. Remember that thing where I'm Spider-Man and I killed your dad? We yeah. should probably discuss that. We should talk. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. No. He just gets in that car. He takes off. MJ comes out. Did you notice what play was in the background? No. Of this? It was Spam a lot. Spam a lot. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Perfect awesome. show. I love it. MJ asked Peter how she did. He said, oh, it was great. Yada, yada. He starts explaining sound waves to her because of yeah. nerd stuff. And then MJ calls him a nerd. Point to MJ. Point MJ. MJ? She's not wrong. You're at a one right now for female characters. In my mind, you're at a one. Because she called Peter a nerd and she sang and walked? Yes. Okay. Is that all it takes these days? For MJ, yeah. Unfortunately. That's, that's not good. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. But she set up this. She had two movies to lower the bar so far to set her up for this one. At Harry's, he's turning himself into the Green Goblin. Yeah, he just gets in that chamber with the green smoke. Shirtless, because that's what you do. Well, yeah, you're not allowed to wear a shirt in there. Not allowed to in Spider-Man movies. You're getting transformed into a villain. (laughs) You're not allowed to wear a shirt. (laughs) Remember Osborne? I miss him so much. For now. For now. Pete and MJ go and sit in a giant web. As you do. As you do, just looking up at the stars, talking. instant hammock. I would bring that everywhere. It's kind of like, if there were a PR guy, he can come up with, yeah, the, big, oh, you should do cologne ha- called Thwip. Thwip. Yep. Or you could just hammock. Isn't it bad that I can remember Thwip, but I can't remember Snicked? Yes. That's uh, it's a problem. I like that I'm doing the hand motions. You did both. Yeah. Both there. Your Wolverine needs work. It's... <laughs> just a flick of the wrist. Well, really. I mean, that's really all it is, isn't it? I don't, it's kind of just pointing, and then it just comes out. I mean, if you're lazy like Hugh Jackman. Right. <laughs> Completely right. <laughs> They're watching like a meteor shower, right? I don't know if they are or not. There There's... turns out to be a meteor coming down after that camera turns around. And then luckily, since they're the only two people in this world, we see the symbiote juice fall to Earth. Right. That's cool, I guess. That's so right. convenient. A word that's going to get thrown around all loosey-goosey in this Real one. close to him. There's a little explosion. Peter notices nothing. Doesn't sense anything either, no, which is a bigger problem. No sensing. He, there's a lot of things he doesn't sense in this movie. That's For what it's worth, he's doing a makeout with MJ. Maybe the senses are in the pants. Maybe the... Spider uh, senses these spider yeah. sensing. You only got else. enough. You only got enough blood for the brain or the penis. Okay, and that's I don't remember what who said that one. Robin Williams probably. Robin Williams it sounds like a Robin sounds Williams. like a, yeah. So maybe the spider sense kind of works the same way. Maybe can only focus on one form of web so shooting at a time. Spider sense. He's got spider. Go for it. Do it. You know you want to. Spider Wang. What? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's what you got. Spider Wang. Yeah, he's got spider Wang instead of spider sense. I can see it on a t-shirt now. Spider Wang. <laughs> does whatever. A... Spider Wang does. Yeah. Well, careful with that one. When they leave, the symbiote's going to latch onto Peter's moped. 
Naturally. Also conveniently. Yep. In the shape of a V. Is that what it was? Yeah. Cool. I guess. Subtle. Sure. The most subtle thing in this movie. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know either. This movie is <laughs> a big old sand fist hammer right on the head. It's, it's a giant Favreau hands of sand. Speaking of sand folk, there's a man just running through the streets. Flint Marco. Yep. That's the Thomas Hayden Church. And a full orange jumpsuit. So you know he's just you know, he's a baddie. He's a baddie. Oh, this guy was in prison. I would like to see how he got out. We'll never know. That was probably a fun little excursion. One know it's a lot of fun? What's that? Breaking into your old apartment and putting on a shirt that belongs in a Peanuts comic strip. I was very close to wearing a shirt I own that looks almost exactly like really? that. Yeah. I think straight out of the comic. It's got the, the green stripes yeah. to it. It's a pretty cool look. He was a weird looking guy, though. It is a weird look on him. Yeah. He's a big dude in this, too. Yeah. He, he, uh, he put on something like 30 pounds of muscle for this role. A lot of push-ups. A lot of push-ups. Yeah. He, I might have skipped leg day, too, because it's all upper body. Oh, yeah. It looks like he's wearing the skinny jeans. Yeah. Like the skinny jeans and the chuck Skinny tees. jeans and just, he's just got like a dump truck cab yeah. for a chest. Yeah. He looks like he's- Proportionately a, bizarre. A hat with a long bill on it and like a fish on it. Yeah. And also a, a baseball team that plays in a sand lot away from- A sand lot. Being a sand lotter. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of sand. That Are you hinting at something? No. Okay. No, I would never. I know you. <laughs> <laughs> His wife, air quote? I guess. Him, he's, oh, he's watching his daughter sleep, which is a, right. At a first, thing. you're like, "Or what is this criminal doing, jumping into this child's room?" Was it weird that I instantly thought when he's watching his child sleep and it turned to be his daughter, I was like, "That makes it okay." <laughs> For some I, think reason. I think it makes it better than if it was it a makes strange it a lot child. Less weird. <laughs> it's like, oh, watching a stranger kid sleep. Yeah, that's probably a bad thing. That's a very watching bad your thing. own kid sleep after you break out of prison. That's bad. Okay, understandable. I get it. I suppose. I get it. He's got a, a packet of letters that were marked undelivered. Yeah. That he had sent, so he left them under a pillow. It's a weird tooth fairy. It's a very weird tooth fairy. Yeah. It's the ex. It's the con fairy. <laughs> what? Sometimes you sleep and a con the, the visits con you in the middle just, just of the visits night you. <laughs> and leaves you letters. If you're lucky, kids, the con fairy will visit you. Make sure you go to sleep tonight and dream about murderers and. I don't know. Your kid's going to go to school the next day and start talking about it. Little Timmy's going to get upset. Why didn't my daddy do white collar crimes? <laughs> Murder? <laughs> Not white collar. <laughs> Not white collar. Depends on how you kill him. Go on. Kill him with tax evasion. I don't know. <laughs> Spider wang and tax evasion. It's Brian's. Death by tax evasion. Brian's very specific. list of hits right now. <laughs> Flint's going to do whatever it takes. He just needs the money because his daughter's all sick. We don't know with what. Right. Did I say what? Nope. She's got a thing. She's a got one tube? of the a breathing tube, yeah. but also crutches. So it could be a number of things. Yeah. This next scene is all sorts of fucked. Pete's going to go to Aunt May's house. Yes. Or apartment or wherever she is. Wherever now. she is now because, you know, she ran out of money yeah. and had to move and all that stuff. She answers the door in just her pajamas. Yep. And says, oh, what are you doing here? And he very, says, very long white hair. Yes. Rosemary Harris. St. Rosemary Harris. St. Rosemary Harris. Give the credit where the credit's due. Oh, she's great. Pete says, I'm going to pose to MJ. She says, come on in. Did you see what the time was? No. The clock's right behind her. I did not see the time. 2.10 a.m. Who goes and visits their old aunt at 2 I in the morning? I have no idea. Why couldn't this wait? He was just so excited about the news. She's so old. She's so you old. can't do that. Maybe she was up anyway. Bro, that's possible because you know she went to bed at 5. Yeah. At, at least 5. At the latest. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Murder, she wrote. Possibly Jeopardy. Yeah. 
Oh, that's a late night Jeopardy. Yeah. She's definitely not getting Well, no, wheel. it's an early night now because that one dude's just crushing it. That's true. She goes through this whole story about, hey, this is how your Uncle Ben proposed to me. It was really adorable. Here, take this ring. Yeah. You have issues with this girl, but take my ring that I've had for now 50 years. Go for it. You care about her, I guess. I mean, he's been in love with her since the, what, third grade, second grade, something like that? That's what he says. And she presumably lived next door that entire time. Yeah. I don't know. They've been kind of on and off again, but the off again has always been because of Spider-Man stuff, so. Yeah. After Pete gets the ring, he leaves his Aunt May's house. Yep. And as he's walking the street, no, he's not walking. He's on his little he's moped. He's moping. Moping. Then there's a gobby. He gets. G- gets gobbied. Accosted. Gobbled up. Seems like it was real easy for Harry to find him. How long do you think he was spending at Aunt May's? An hour? Three in the morning? You Harry can't. just there's knows. There's no way I. There, no. In the middle of New York? I don't know. Unless he was following him to start. Maybe. But I mean, he hits him with the gobby bike. The, it's like a snowboard now. Yeah. That's what it's, He turned it sideways. A green surfer. So Not so much a silver surfer, but definitely green. Yeah. And he hits him with it and he says, you knew this was coming, Pete. And then we got a very long fight scene. Very long. Of Pete doing spidey things and- Harry doing gobby things. Yeah. And I realized I have a weird issue with superheroes doing super things not in their super suits. Okay. It's the complete reversal of my normal issue. Yeah, this is And this you're, is good. you're seeing Threes McGeeves. He's spidering all over the place, but it's him. He's and just, it's yeah. unnerving. It's, it's a little weird. <laughs> it's like Uncanny Valley sort of type situation here with this, but it's like, I don't know if I like this. Yeah. yeah. And I don't remember anything of this movie, by the way. No. I thought I remember this. I don't remember a thing about this I've movie. I remembered very little of this movie. Especially for how short it is. It's only like an hour and a half. Is it really? Yeah. I thought it was two hours. No. No way. Really? Yeah. Once he gets the black suit, kind of cuts because they were going to set up the fourth movie and We'll get there. Pete's going to knock Harry out with a clothesline of just webbing, and then he fucking killed Harry. After all the acrobatics that they did in this fight scene. One clothesline. A clothesline. For what it's worth, that's like the Goldberg equivalent of a spear, (laughs) where you can have an entire fight with Bill Goldberg, and he's going to do a regular old form tackle on you, and now you're knocked out for life. Yeah. Makes sense. He hits his head pretty hard, though. Uh, We don't see it. He hits it on on the dumpster. Oh, yeah, well, we've seen dumpster hits before. Yeah, but they were never from a human. He's not really human. That's true. He's gobbied up. Yeah. Got that green juice. He's got... He's, the yeah. green goo. He got... Ooh, cold. <laughs> and now he's stronger? Once Pete brings Harry to the hospital, we get our origin story of what is now going to be the Sandman. The Sandman. What's this experiment that they're doing? I don't know. They're trying to molecularize sand? Demolecularize. Demolecularize. That's a hard word to say, though, right? Yep. It wasn't just me. I had to look it down, or I actually have it sounded out. Demolecularize. I didn't want to bone that up. Demolecularize. Molecularize. Got it. I'm on. All right. What are they doing with sand? I don't know, but they said that there's like, he he crawls into some sort of sand pit. Yeah. Because the cops chasing him. And then they say like, oh, there's something solid in there. And they said, it's probably just a bird. It'll fly out. Like, what are you doing with this sand? Yeah. I don't know, but then this thing starts circling him, and then he turns into a sand man. A sand man. How does this work? What's the experiment that we're missing here? I don't know. It's. I think the experiment is to spin sand around and turn it into sand. Nailed it. For the most part, they nailed it. The, yeah. All the sand there, it's definitely it's sand. It's so sand. It's the most sand. Yeah, I can't think of a reason they would need to be doing anything. That, With the, the spinnies, too. We've got to make know. the yeah. sand more fine. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't know. <laughs> Convenient that there was one thing in there that didn't turn into sand. It was the locket that his daughter that gave That is him. convenient. I didn't even put that together. Yeah. Hey, how about that? Literally everything in there turns to sand except for that 
Deus Ex Locket. <laughs> there it is. What did you think of the look of Sandman? It's pretty awesome. It's absolutely amazing. It's pretty awesome. For 2007. Oh, for 2007, incredible. Yeah. And I know that was one of the reasons Sam Raimi wanted Sandman. Sandman's not a villain in the Spider-Man universe. He, like, he barely pops up. Yeah. He I mean, is he's... such a minor villain, but he but looks he always, cool. He always poses problems for old Pete. He sure does, because he's a Sandy boy. He's a Sandy boy. But Sam Raimi said, I want him in there because he's visually interesting. Yeah. That's it. Well, so yeah. I we'll mean, write the motivation it's a movie, for him. We'll give it to him. How nice is that? Make him look cool. Why not? Done. They check. Knocked it out of the park with that one. Nailed it. He looks incredible. That whole scene where he's forming together. I think it looks. Mwah. Oh, chef kiss. Chef kiss. I like it a lot. Yeah. One note doesn't deserve a chef kiss. What's that? Anything James Franco is going to do for the next mm. hour, roughly. I would say hour take, half. They pull out the old, I lost my memory gag. Yeah. The ultimate cop he's, out in storytelling. He's, uh, and he's we've a done it. now. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Who am I? No, it's not even that because no, everything he's doing here, I'm convinced, is like his tryout video for Pineapple Express. He, he is was actually the same filming way. Pineapple Express at the same time. So he was just in that zone. So yeah. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> I bought it when he first smiled when Pete walked into the hospital room. The amnesia, you bought it? I bought it. I was like, look at he's happy How to see you. him. I know. He was happy to see him because it was his buddy Pete. And it was a huge James Franco st- Smile that only dream that he can only do that only James Franco can do. Yeah, yeah. I'm having troubles with my words. Demolecularization. Demolecularization. Nope. Too many L's. <laughs> Drames Franco. Nope. Too many R's. Drames Franco. <laughs> a D. Yeah. <laughs> he is a D. That makes sense why you put that in there. What I found weird was also during this exchange how the doctors come in and they're like, "Oh, you look happy," and he's like, "Oh, I just saw my friend, my best friend, my best friend." And he says, "I'd give my life for my friends." And I went two movies ago. You were on a balcony with MJ, and you literally left her to die twice. <laughs> yeah, that happened. That absolutely happened. Also, no, you sent- whole last movie- Also, you sent Doc Ock after Peter Parker. Hey, don't hurt Peter. Hey, don't hurt him. afterthought. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. So this whole laying in a hospital, but oh. I die for them thing feels a little bit like it deserves a, a Sandy Favreau salute. One note deserves a real salute. What's that? It's a proper salute, and I kind of feel bad we haven't said it yet. Sandman's going to reform in this scene here, and he's coming together really, really slowly. Yeah. Danny fucking Elfman. Well, here's the thing. Do you remember the issue that Danny Elfman had (laughs) with with Spider-Man 2? Yeah, he hated the Raimi. And he, like, walked out? Yeah. Well, guess who didn't come back for Spider-Man 3? Danny fucking Elfman. But you're not wrong. The music is phenomenal, thanks to Christopher fucking Young. Christopher fucking Young. Who? Knocks it out of the park. Didn't he do the Hellraiser? Did he do yeah. Spider-Man 2? He did that yeah. part of it. Yeah. Uh, coincidentally, or maybe not so coincidentally, <laughs> Elfman, after claiming, you know, I had a miserable experience, he almost quit the business. Yeah. He did actually come back and collaborate with Christopher Young on some of the songs in Spider-Man 3. It works. I actually really like the score. I think it's a done a whole lot. Very well. Especially this part right here. Especially, Blew me away. yeah. Blew me away. Yeah. At Pete's apartment, MJ comes back and she's got the review of the show that she was just singing in and whatever. Yep. Is not good. Not a good review. It's not. It's, uh, I'd call it Spider-Man 3-esque in okay. the way that it came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was like, oh, I mean, they made their money, but. <laughs> <laughs> they said that her voice doesn't go past first row. Pete says, I loved your voice. She's like, well, you said you the first, first row. row. <laughs> Pete tries telling her that it's okay because Spidey gets attacked all the time. Right. To which MJ says, this isn't about you. 
Yeah. It's about me. Listen to me right now. You're being a jerk. Not even that. MJ did it again. MJ always pulls it back to MJ. Yeah, but it's also this whole movie is Pete pulling it back to Pete. You're not wrong there. But even earlier when they're in the big the big old spider web, how she says that she wants to sing on Broadway forever and have Pete in the first row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After she says that, she tells Pete, tell me you love me. It's like she had to have, she's like craving that attention from yeah. him. But it seems like she always has to turn it back on her. But in this one, you're not wrong with Pete has to talk about oh, see, Pete. Yeah. Like, Pete loves him some Pete. In this in this particular scene, I don't think MJ's in the wrong here at all. I don't either. I just hated the way it was done. That's fair. Because of everything that she's done in the past. Yeah. It's kind of like MJ's symbiote juices have gotten all over Pete, and now he's all narcissistic as well. Okay. Sure. We're going to go with symbiote juices? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what else to call it. With her. Yeah. We see the symbiote walking around Pete's apartment. Pete has to run out because now he has to be a Spidey boy. Yep. Because there's a crane falling there in Manhattan. There is a crane falling. Conveniently falling on a Gwen Stacy. Right, because- There's five characters. The crab apple. It's- very, very sleepy, small apple. The, the smallest of cities you could ever imagine. Yes. This crane falling didn't look great to me. The CGI in it, yeah. it's tearing apart this building as it's falling down. Like, whatever. Right. It's it, swinging around yeah. like a, a metal beam and taking out a whole building. Tearing holes in a building. Like an office building. I do like how big everything is in this movie. Huge. In like Spider-Man yeah. and Spider-Man 2, I said that you really get the emotion from the characters because of how close up everything is. In this one- They pulled way back. Way the hell back. They about two hundred fifty million dollar budget movie pulled back. Pulled back, yeah. They're Without like, a doubt. Let's get some big scenes here. Yeah, and they get a big scene here because he ends up saving a falling Gwen Stacy. Yeah. And while this is all happening, we get to meet Eddie Brock and Captain Stacy. Tofs McGoffs. <sighs> yes, <laughs> Captain Stacy is looking and sees just a girl sixty stories up falling. Eddie Brock, Tofs <laughs> McGoffs, comes over and he's going to take a picture. Like any good photojournalist would do. As you do. And six stories up, he goes, hey, that's Gwen. Yeah. No concern <laughs> or panic. Stacy goes, how do you know? And he takes the picture and looks. He's like, oh. He's like, how do you know? Who are you? He says, oh, I'm, I work for the Daily Bugle. Also, I'm dating her. Right. These are two human beings who are watching a person very close to them about to die, yeah. basically. And they are showing no concern whatsoever. None. They're like, what a way to meet the parents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Spider's going to save the day. Eddie Brock calls him an amateur because now he says, I'm getting the picture of Spider-Man now. Right. Yada, yada, yada. Oh, yeah. That other guy, he's out of here. <laughs> I'm taking your pictures now. I'm a cool guy with a cool camera. I know stuff about lighting. Also, I got a boy band haircut. Ten yes. years too late. Yes, he does. Those frosted, frosted tips. Oh, boy. They're bad. Well, I mean, to be fair, he has been playing Eric Foreman for a long time. With the he big finally, old bowl cut? finally gets to get out of the 70s yeah. for, a, for a change. Might as well catch him up to the 90s. Not wrong. I got a theory about, <laughs> about Topher Grace. Okay. I think he should have played Spider-Man. I could see that. I think he would have been a much better Spider-Man I than Topher Grace. I 100% Maguire. agree. 100% agree. So, and it's it's going off the Eric Foreman character from that 70s show where yeah. he's more quick talking and he has the snappier comebacks. The quips. That's what Spider-Man's known quips for. Quips and thwips. Oh, man. Look at you go. Now, that's a t-shirt. You're back. Thank you. <laughs> it took me a minute to get into it. Better Spider-Man. In my mind. Definitely a better Spider-Man. hundred million percent. For sure. Want know who we haven't talked about yet? What's that? J. Jonah Jameson. J. Jonah fucking Jameson. He's back. Oh. He's doing his usual shtick. He is. He's a little toned down. I'm not I'm not here for it. He's a little toned down because he's got a, a ticker problem, maybe? Bad it heart? seems like it he's seems probably like got a ticker he's problem. He's got which a whole is... medicine chest 
on his desk. <laughs> I don't care for the Betty Brant buzzer gag that they do here. Uh, but Elizabeth Banks is back and crushing and it. Has dialogue. She has dialogue. She cool. Has multiple scenes. Yeah. She was big back then at this point. At though, right? this point, she I was. I think she was starting to really yeah, blow people, up. People were like, oh, I know her now. Yeah. Yeah. And not just from being in the background of these movies. Right. Yeah. Basically, we're at the Daily Bugle and Eddie Brock and Tobey Maguire are trying to sell their pictures at the same time. Right. To Triple J. Yeah, and and Jameson's going to say, oh, give me those Eddie Brock photos. They look nicer. Also, they're cheaper. And they're cheaper. Yeah. So there you go. Pete's cool. out of the job pretty much. Tofs McGoff is going to mention that uh, he'd like to be on staff. Yeah. Jameson kind of gives him the challenge. Jameson hey, is you like, catch, you catch Spider-Man's hand in the proverbial cookie jar. You're golden, boy. Yeah. If you get that Just bad like Spidey, that bad Spidey picture yeah. and push my narrative forward, you got that job. You got it. Peter's going for a walk through Times Square. He sees that Spidey's going to get that key to the city. Yeah. And we get a cameo. We sure do. I want to go on record. Go ahead. This, to me, is the best Stan Lee cameo. Thank you. That there is. Yes. I was going to say the exact same thing. One billion percent. We're not going to talk about if this stand gets snapped. No. This stand, one billion percent survived it. Never. He. Yeah. Oh, God. He is fucking amazing. So here. good. They I let actually. Him act. I teared up a little bit. I did too. Okay, good. 100% I did too. I was like, this is the first time since his passing that I was like affected by one of his scenes. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, he stands right next to Peter Parker and says, you know, I guess one person can make a difference. Enough said. Enough said. Fucking brilliant, man. It's great. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Harry's going to come home. He still sucks because he's still <laughs> got the amnesias. And I don't he, hate amnesia, Harry. <laughs> I don't know why you don't. He is a child. And him and Pete are going to play basketball I think in you the house. I think it's, I believe this version of Harry. Because like, like, it's I'm so like, far over the top now that you're just like, oh, okay, I can I accept like, it. Oh, this is definitely James Franco now. Whereas yeah. brooding, angry James Franco is like, oh, he's acting. Oh, my God. All right. Here he's just Fine. high and having a blast. I guess so. I guess so. He's going to start realizing that he's kind of special, I guess, because Pete's going to throw the basketball at him and he's not going to see it. Then he's going to do a very mildly acrobatic catch. Yeah. It doesn't look that impressive. Just he looks like he caught two things. That catches a basketball and a vase behind his yep. back. Doesn't seem terribly difficult. But I keep acting moving. things out. Yes. Yeah. Weird. That was like a walk like an Egyptian moment for you, too. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> MJ's going to go to her play practice. Do you practice when the show is on stage? I don't know. Do you I still do know. rehearsals while it's in I'm run? I'm not sure you do. But she goes there. You might. And, I don't know. Well, there's another actress doing her part. Well, then they're definitely rehearsing yeah, today. For that one. there's a new... Those directors come in and say, oh, we tried calling you. She's like, after one review? And they're like, oh, honey. It wasn't one. All of it them. wasn't all of them. <laughs> What a way to get fired. Getting replaced. Her name's already off the billboard up front. The yeah. marquee. That was fast. She walks out and everybody's clapping and she's like, oh, they recognize. No. No. Spider-Man's Spidey. flying by. Spider-Man. It's because he's getting the key of the city. Yeah. It's weird seeing Peter Parker at his own celebration, like in the crowd. And he's like playing with the marching band and stuff like that. And is uh, this is not the Peter Parker we know. No. this He's so over the top. And yeah. I think it's because they want to set up the change. I don't think so you they, needed to go they make him to the other so side of the spectrum goofy. to come all the way back. He is so goofy. It's it's over the top. Yeah. And I don't much care for it. I don't either. And while he's, I guess, running off and changing into the Spidey outfit, Flint Marco is robbing a bank or robbing a armored truck. An armored truck, yeah. At the key to the city ceremony, Harry's there. Got his old bump on his head. It's like, hey, where's Pete? <laughs> oh, he's probably taking a taking picture a or picture something. Taking or something like that, talking to MJ. Yeah. It was weird how Harry brought up that 
he wrote a play for MJ in high school. Bizarre. It seems really out of character because he seems like such a, I don't know, a loser in high school. Yeah. For being as rich as he was. Like, and, we don't have any character development but pre-high school. And like too cool. Yeah, but he's also so like chummy with Peter now. And it's like, we never even saw that. Right. So it all seems so out of place for this character. For all these characters, I should say. They're all not seeming like themselves. Gwen Stacy's giving the award because the, well, you, yeah. let, you always let the victim give the award, right? At Na- these major naturally. ceremonies. You want the Is person who almost died to get up on stage and- Right. And talking for all these people, no problem. She's also the daughter of the captain She's also of the model. police force. And a model and a science student. Yep. All the above. No Check wonder the box she's the all race. over New York. Yes. Pete's going to swing. Uh, Spider-Man's going to swing in. Yeah. And I nearly turned the movie off here because- he gets to the stage, and he does a handstand, and yells, Shazam! Yep. And I went, fuck you, Pete! That's, you, you don't do that, man. He's now said that in more movies than Shazam. That's the second one. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Well, I'm torn. <laughs> what did you think of the Spidey kiss? I don't know why he did it. I don't know either. He was like, lay one on me. They'll love it. Yeah, he's hanging upside down, and he, and he says that, and he's just... Playing to the crowd, and Gwen does it because she's well, yeah. playing to the crowd too. Or is she? I think she is. Okay, I do. And MJ gets all pissed off for a great reason. Yeah, it makes sense. I would be pissed too. Yeah. So she's gonna storm off, but then we see a giant sand monster. So Pete's got to go deal with that whole mess now without resolving this issue. He never resolves issues. No, I think that's, that's one of the biggest uh, yeah. issues in the movie. He's gonna fight Sam in the back of this armored truck. Yeah. This is one of the coolest practical effects ever. Yes. And they have the, uh, was it a MMA guy? It was. With uh, one arm? He was missing, I think, up to his elbow. Yeah. Or he had, yeah, missing his forearm and everything like that. So when he did the punch, it's like, you're seeing the punch go through Sandman, but it's all practical except for the back of it. It's like, that's because Very he's missing clever. the arm. It's so, oh, what a smart move. It looks incredible. Yeah. They're going to do a whole beat him up here. Well, yeah, that's. Gets thrown out of the superhero movies yeah what can you do sandman's gonna get away just because he's a sandman hey sandman kind of slippery for being sandy yeah and pete's gonna sit on a roof and he's got sand everywhere in his suit yeah he's he's almost laughing as he's taking stuff off and pouring sand out of it like you just lost man why are you so happy right now i don't know i don't know i haven't been beaten up like that in a while like what (laughs) it doesn't make any sense so i guess to celebrate his loss he's gonna go have dinner with mj Yes. At this restaurant. Which is probably my favorite scene of the whole movie. As it should be. And they hid this cameo really well. Uh, they don't ever do that. Bruce fucking Campbell. It's Bruce Campbell. As the maitre d'. Ah. Uh, Mr. Pecker. And he gets... <laughs> Parker. Bitch, what I said, Pecker. Pecker. <laughs> so much Bruce Campbell doing a French accent. Yeah. I love every second oh, yeah. of it. They should put him like right at the front of this movie. Just set the tone. Yeah. I think that would make it work a hell of a lot better. Pete wants to do the old ring in the champagne gag to propose. Right, what? How did this get here? I have a weird thing to say about this. Okay. Because I actually had to pause it here. Yeah. Because I found myself very engulfed in this movie. Yeah. 52 minutes into the movie. Yeah. And I said, I kind of love this movie. It's interesting. It was very weird. Yeah. Mostly because in 10 minutes in movie time, I said the exact opposite. (laughs) (laughs) The ring gag's not going to work, because MJ is very She's upset because upset. she saw the kiss, and yep. Pete knows that she saw the kiss. And because we're in the tiny apple. Gwen walks in. Gwen walks in. Of course she does. And she walks over to Pete and kind of puts her hand on his shoulder, and of course Pete introduces Mary Jane as just Mary Jane, not, this is my girlfriend, Mary yeah, Jane. shouldn't do that. It's just 
And uh, she's like, oh, who's this pretty girl? Well, all this girl? is happening. Bruce Campbell is in the background talking to his oh staff. Oh, No, do it now. No, no, no. Oh, that's right. Stuff. She walks in. Pete waves, and he's like, is it the signal? He's not the signal, Mr. Becker. So <laughs> funny. Yeah. But MJ has. She's jealous. Oh, she is, but she has a really great question here to Pete. And she asks, who kissed her? Was it Pete or was it Spider-Man? Yeah. That was their kiss. And I, like, yeah. man, I'm going to give it to Kirsten Dunst. It's fair. It's fair. It's deserved. She is acting up a storm in this scene. And you know what? From the rest of this movie, she's not really that bad. <laughs> it's true. It's not that bad. It's like she finally well, warmed here's up. The Took question. her two and a half movies to warm up. And now, go. Is she crushing it? Or is everybody else just kind of flailing around? I think she's crushing it. Okay. Legitimately crushing it. I mean, Tobey Maguire's. I want to call him Topher Maguire. And well, I don't, don't do that. I can't do that. Threebs McGeebs. fuck this whole entire movie up worse than it is if I do that. Yeah, we can't have a, a Topes and a Tobes. Oh, we already opened up that can of worms. <laughs> and is just going to storm out. As she As should. she should. Yeah. Pete's going to have to fish out the ring on his own. With a fork. You know they didn't get that one take. There's no way. No. That seems impossible. <laughs> I'm, I'm miming again. Why do I keep doing it? I don't hints? know. <laughs> we get all this shit with Pete calling and MJ not answering. And then the cops are going to call Pete back at this phone in this- pl- in Why does he have a pay ap- phone in, in his the apartment? apartment? I don't know. I don't know. Are the Ditkoviches that cheap? Like we'll get we'll get a rent somehow. Yeah, we'll get to the Ditkoviches in shortly. Okay. Very shortly. I can't wait. Pete goes to the police station and they say, Hey, just letting you know, the blonde guy that we saw in the beginning who had frosted tips like a like a toe for grace. Yeah. He didn't he didn't kill your uncle. He's we not the wrong. guy. He's, He's not, not the, the guy. guy. Instead, it's the guy you literally just fought right. earlier today for the first time. Here's a picture. You see this guy? Yeah, that was the guy. That's the guy. He's been in prison, but he just got out. He got out and he admitted to it in prison that he did this, yeah. yada, yada, yada. So the the man who was previously portrayed by Michael Papa John is not the person that killed- Correct. Uncle Ben. His name's like Carmichael. It doesn't fucking matter. Dennis Carradine. Great. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Don't care. It doesn't matter. But they are retconning stuff from the first movie now. Yeah, just to give Pete stakes. And it seems like it's four stakes because we actually have a pretty good story going on right now. Yeah. And we didn't need this. Why, why does that have to be a personal stake? here when he has his own personal issues that he's dealing with that are infinitely more interesting right why do we need to have him going against a guy who's taking over the city his job isn't to have personal stakes to everybody his job is to save the city exactly and we never see this peter parker save the city he always seems to be working for himself yeah and i think that's the most fucked up part about this raimi trilogy there's no greater thing and it's weird to say because when you get something like Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2, where you have Lizard and you have Electro. Yeah. The city is at stake. Yeah. And it's not directly related to Peter Parker. Like, Lizard kind of, because it's Dr. Connors. But- Well, I would say- not. Even Doc Ock yeah. in Spider-Man 2 was more, the city was- The city was at stake, but yeah. it was extremely personal but to Peter. Personal. Because Peter didn't solve it by by beating him in a beat-em-up. He right. solved it by taking off his mask. Right. And, and, appealing, and appealing to his, his humanity. inner humanity. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Take one away from Raimi. I think that's what I'm trying to say okay. with this. Yeah. And Spider-Man 2, I will fully say, is my favorite superhero movie. Uh, still. Still. But this Spider-Man's a selfish Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I think I agree. Pete's really pissed off now that they know the, the true killer. Yeah, he's whatever. very upset. He's just brooding in his apartment. And MJ's going to come and talk to Pete. I like when she knocks on the door, what she says. She says, I'm not here to talk about what happened at dinner. Yeah. Comes in, and she doesn't talk about what happened at dinner at all. Right. They talk about it. I just want to make sure you're okay, Pete. 
Yeah. We're not going to talk about the major blow up I had at the restaurant that was completely deserved. Right. This is about you and finding out about your uncle. Yep. Yeah. Pete says he's all good. She says, cool. And then leaves. Yeah. That seemed like an opportune time to discuss your issues as a couple. You would think, but. Why would they? When does Pete ever consider Pete closure? MJ, king and queen of not talking about it. Yeah. Why does Pete fall asleep in his spider suit? He's listening to this police scanner that's there. He wants to find Flint Marco. So he wants to find the Sandman again. Because so there's other waiting. crimes going on. Oh, yeah. And he's ignoring them. Yeah. He's waiting specifically for Sandman. And he wants to be ready to go immediately. He's got the suit on, falls asleep. And then a, a symbiote's going to A little symbiote is going to be like, I guess this is the time. Yeah. Been hanging out for a few days. I guess now is not when I'm going to attach myself. The black suit. The black suit. I love that it's, suit. It's badass. It's so good. It's awesome. Pete's like, I feel good, man. Yeah. Got this black suit on. Mm-hmm. Feel powerful. He does all the things that he does as a Spider-Man, and it just goes, yeah. It's like, oh, well, that didn't show off anything. That showed <laughs> off exactly what you do now. So those are the things I usually <laughs> do, but in my head, they were better. They were so much cooler. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Connors in this movie, as I just well, I mentioned him before, yeah. movie, but he's in this movie, too, and he's going to study the symbiote. He says- don't let that shit touch you. You don't. Don't do it. That looks bad. And Pete's already like, oh, okay. I mean, I wouldn't do that. I would I'm not crazy. I would, never. I would never. He goes over how once the suit binds to you, it's hard to unbind because it's a symbiote. Yeah. So thanks for giving yep. us the rules of the suit. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank movie. you. Movie. Yep. We needed that, I guess. Here's an explanation of, yeah. And then the second Pete walks back into his apartment, we hear that there's a bank robbery in progress. And he says, that's Flint Marco. There was a sandstorm nearby, reported nearby, too. Of course. Too. A lot of sandstorms in New York, though. That's what they're known for. That's true. Could be anyone. Could be anyone. Could just be a random sandstorm bank robbery combo. Could be, yeah. You get those at least three times a day in New York City. Minimum. A lot of bank robbers in New York, as we know from the Spider-Man movies. Right. It's their go-to. For such a small city, lots of bank robberies. So many. Why does Pete have to decide what suit to wear? I don't know. Because he goes to the closet and there's the red and blue suit. Well, you know what it was? I think it's because Dr. Connor said, this is dangerous. Don't do this. But he's so mad about the whole Uncle Ben thing. No, no, no. Because he goes and looks at the red suit. Then he goes and opens a Harry Potter-like chest Yeah, he opens the chest. And there's the black suit. Yeah. So he's got two suits going on? Yeah. He's fighting crime every night. You got to have change for laundry day. We learned that's not the case at all in previous movies. Well, those were previous movies. But we watched the suit eat the other suit. So there should be one suit. Well, there's two suits. There's the suit that got eight and the laundry day suit. You're talking to me like it's a seven-minute abs type situation here. You're talking to me like you don't <laughs> think a superhero has more than one costume. We saw it in Batman Returns that he has multiple costumes that, that don't work. That don't that, work that at don't all. That don't make any right. sense. Superman's only got one costume? Well, he's super. He doesn't sweat or anything. The X-Men have multiple costumes because Wolverine wears Scott's yeah. costume in that yeah. one. All right, maybe he has two suits. I'd, I'd probably say he has more than two. But we only see two closets full of them. Who knows? He decides to put on the black suit. Right. Because he's going to go kick some ass. Yeah. He wants to feel that extra bit of juice. Yeah. And Spidey's going to- Space juice. Spidey. Space juice. I feel like that's something that like a a Space Jam villain will be drinking. That's how they got the powers. Sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. I could see that. Checks out. Yeah. Space Jam 2 starring- Isn't it starring LeBron? LeBron. Isn't that coming? Drinking That's a real thing. Space juice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it. You know what's going to be weird is the kids seeing the movie are going to be like, who are these cartoon characters? <laughs> I understand who LeBron is, but I don't why know Why isn't who that bunny these... said fuck once? I don't get it. <laughs> and why does another bunny have tits? No, that actually happened in Space Jam also. There's there's bunny boobies. Yeah. And Lola. Lola. Yeah. That's 100% real. Uh, rabbits are the most sexualized cartoon character ever. Why do you think that? Oh, it's because, you know, fucking like bunnies. 
Well, I understand that's that, a, but why do you why why would you give Lola Bunny boobs? I don't know. Why even go there? Have For you ever worth, seen any see, female yeah. bunny character that was not in some way boobed up? Boobed up? I guess not. Mm. Okay. You might want to have a talk with our number one super fan about that. He has about duck boobs? He knows not ducks. Or just duck anatomy? No. Because that's your bad. Rabbits. Just rabbits in general. The bunnies in the female cartoon bunny form. Okay. <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll ask He's the him. one who pointed it out to me, so. That's what he's looking for, though. He's got a weird, weird Google search history. I would know nothing about it. He's told me about it. He hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Brock's going to show up at the scene, to which Black Spidey's just going to take the camera and smash it. Which is a dick love move. Love it. I loved it. But yeah. That makes sense, because the black suit makes him an angry boy. Yeah, and he's going to find Sandman just in the sewer. In the sewer. Because that's where you go after a bank robber when you're made of sand, and he's going to water him down and turn him into a mud man. Mud man. And mud man's going to wash out to sea. And he just assumes he killed him. I don't know how sewers work. I don't know where he's going, but nope. out to sea. Out to sea. In my mind. Fine. And he, he defeated the villain. Yay. And the movie's over. Yep. Spider-Man nope. 3. We Well, that's not it. true. It's not over, because he's got to go nope. tell Aunt it's May over. that he we killed he, the he, bad guy. Or that Spider-Man killed You're, the bad guy. Holy crap, what a scene. Aunt May's reaction to saying, Spider-Man Marco's dead, Spider-Man killed him. Aunt May, who we assume knows that he's Spider-Man, goes, oh, that doesn't sound like something Spider-Man would do. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Threebs is like, ah, oh, shit, this isn't Not going the way wrong, I want to. <laughs> what are you supposed to do? High five you with her, her like arthritic hand? Right? She's like, oh, right, way to go. <laughs> I always knew you had it in you, Peter. Oh, I'm so happy that that you killed a man. <laughs> the Spider-Man broke his code to avenge, avenge my dead husband. <laughs> that we just learned. High five, threebs. Oh boy! So I'm glad we resolved it. Spider-Man three. But what happens with the black suit? Uh, we'll find out in Spider-Man four. Okay. So Spider-Man let's four. Get Here into we go. Super stuff right now. <laughs> no, I think we should actually just start right on Spider-Man four. Right now. Right now. Let's do it. Let's get into it. So Spider-Man four. I'm glad they started it out. Pete's got issues that he's still trying to resolve personally from Spider-Man 3. Yeah, very, left very unresolved in the last movie. Right. Uh, Mr. Ditkovich didn't pop up last movie, pops up here asking for his rent. That's his his shtick. Yeah, he does it's love very his, good. He loves his rent. Yep. And Pete snaps on him. Yeah, he's not. He's he's not happy. Mm-mm. Not at all. You'll get your damn rent when you fix the door. That broken door bit that yeah. they started last movie, <laughs> carrying to this thing. It just doesn't work. It's pretty clever they brought it over to a second movie, though. Smart move. Continuity's sake, tricky move. Very tricky move. I really like what Mr. Ditkovich says here. Ursula's here, by the way, too. Oh, Ursula. Always there. Dave Novak's she wife. She's weirdly cute. Girlfriend. In a weird way. His dream girl, as he is on record yes. saying. The ginger Skull's dream girl. Mr. Ditkovich says, Pete's a good boy. He must be in trouble. It's yeah. like, holy crap. Wow. You really are just putting up a, a bit. Yeah. Like this whole time. Rent? I is... love that moment. Yeah. Strangely brilliant character development from a guy who's not in any of these movies yeah. for the most part. Yeah, but is also in all of them. Right. <laughs> MJ, we get to see what happens to her. Now, she's dealing with this whole fallout. Yeah, she's going to become a waitress again. A singing waitress. A singing waitress at a jazz bar. Yeah. And she's going to call up Harry, who's painting. So somewhere in between the movies, he learned how to paint really, really well. Or. Like watercolors. Or, and hear me out, maybe in Spider-Man 3. Or Spider-Man 2, he forgot how to paint. That's possible. I kind of looked at it more as like the, a- Get the bump in the head and- oh, I think it was more like a Flowers of Algernon type situation of you just, you unlocked it. 
And now he's about to get his journey back to being a dope. I don't know. I just think he I has don't too much either. free time on his hands. He has a lot of free time. I don't know what he does. And money. So yeah. Why not paint? He asks MJ if she wants to come over. We get to see, what is it, Bernard? Yeah. The butler man? I don't like that James Franco keeps calling him Bernard. Yeah, it's weird. That's like his how, name is definitely how words Bernard. Work. How names work. John Paxton. Right? And he says that. Father of Bill Paxton. Right. Not the Bill late, Pullman. The late, you have said Bill Pullman. But I have. the late great Bill Paxton. Yeah. He says that he's having a guest over, so he wants Bernard to, it's tough to say. Bernard. <laughs> he wants him to go get food. And Bernard goes, a guest? A guest? Like a guest Like guest? a guest? Get, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more, say no uh, more. Oh, I see you say that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I get it. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> so while Harry's about to, I don't know what, with MJ. Uh, reminisce. Pete's, Pete's going to get some lady advice from Mr. Ditkovich. Which is weird because Ursula wants to get on that peephole. <laughs> peephole. She's not hiding it. It's the spider wang. Yeah, this, it's back in action. <laughs> <laughs> he tells Pete, the advice he gives him is, say, you're a good lady. I'm a good guy. Done. That's Period. It. End of sentence. That's it. What great advice. It's, like, it's not like feed her poetry. Oh, God. Yeah. And broom her. Broom her. <laughs> Broom her. <laughs> Spider-Man, the Spider-Man truly is not known for having good advice. No, not solid <laughs> advice on relationships. And then we do get what the, you got to do with her yeah. and then broom her. We get a, a cooking with MJ and Harry. Cooking, yeah. I hope you like peppers. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they they do it, they cook, and then they dance. Yeah. And then they... They, they make peppers. They make peppers. <laughs> fuck. God damn this movie. Ah. Why didn't they stop at Spider-Man 3? It was fine. It was completely fine. They do a whole montage where they start I would say dancing unre- with each other. Unresolved. And but yeah. then they are drinking and eating this food and peppers. And the peppers. And the, then they start doing the, the scene. The, oh, there that was an Harry, omelet. Yeah, it was an omelet that dropped on the floor. Fine. Dropped on the but floor. We can still eat that part. The, the play that Harry wrote for MJ, and it's it's like in a book. It's laminated and shit like this. Yeah. Very creepy, man. It's all very weird. And it's then they do a kiss. Super weird. They do a kiss. They do a kiss. The MJ and the Harry, they do a kiss. Yeah. And then that they kiss. They and both what? say sorry to each other. What? And MJ. And they're both like, oh, what she's is like, going on? I gotta go. Movie, I gotta man. go. I gotta go. I gotta go. And he's like, wait, 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 wait. And she's like, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. Wait, 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 wait. Who the hell directed Spider-Man 4? Why is the tone so drastically different? Why are these characters so drastically different? You know what would make it really weird? What? If it was still Spider-Man 3. I'm glad it's not. There's no way this is the same movie. This is two different movies. Guess what, Dave? Nope. So. <laughs> After MJ storms out, Harry goes to the mirror. The mirror where all the fun has happened in all these oh, movies in the Osborne love estate. the mirror. His memory is just going to come back. Of course. Super conveniently, just on the spot. You know what it is? Yeah. It's that MJ symbiote. Got all up he, in there. He got the MJ juices on him. Yep. Must be it. Brings back memories. Norman Osborne pops up in that mirror. Well, why wouldn't he? It's a mirror. It's his, it's his mirror. It's his mirror. He lives in the mirror now. Nah, I'm here. <laughs> He's going to tell Harry, you got to remember me. And then Harry's evil again. Right. Just it, on the spot. Says, hey, remember dad? Oh, <laughs> now I'm evil. <laughs> evil Harry is going to go attack MJ. Right. Just on the spot. MJ yeah. literally gets home and evil Harry's there going, oh, we just made a, did a kiss and now bang, you're mine. You're <laughs> my prisoner. I'm going to need you to do something for me. MJ calls up the apartment, and Ursula's all happy, saying, oh, MJ called back. Even yeah. though Ursula, I don't know what her endgame right? is here like, at all. She seems very excited that the thing is going to work out between Peter and MJ. I left the thing I on the thing. I personally think she's lobbying for a threesome. 
I could see that. I could totally I could see definitely that. see that. But she's also just like a kid. It's weird. I don't I know her age. I would not say she's a kid. She's acting like a kid. How she's like so proud of herself that she didn't hang up the phone, that she put the phone on top of the I put the I put the thing, thing on the thing, thing. Yeah. yeah. MJ says to Pete, hey, come meet me at the bridge in the park. They go to the bridge. MJ breaks up with Pete. Yeah. She says, there's someone else. What a weird way. What a weird way to start a fourth Spider-Man movie. Yeah, with a breakup. With a inf- infidelity followed by breakup. Yep. And then Pete's going to pull out the ring and she goes, ah, fuck your ring. She's like, and she gets off that bridge. And then there's a, a Harry ring? underneath really, the Pete? tree. He's doing a. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> I'm James Franco. <laughs> doing his best Willem Dafoe. Trying. Yeah. He doesn't do that. No. He just does a smirk. No. His Franco fucking smirk. It's like acting. Falls flat. Every time. Womp, womp. I had issues with the next scene. Did you? Yes. I didn't know what was happening or how it was set up because it's Pete and Harry sitting at a coffee shop. Yes. And Pete's talking about how MJ just left him. Yes. And then we find out that Harry was actually the one who called Pete to bring him to this coffee shop <laughs> and not vice versa. It wasn't a bro leaning on a bro. It was a bro oh, about weird, yeah. to rub his buddy's face in it saying, just letting you know, I'm the other this, guy. This guy right here, <laughs> me and my Tommy Wiseau face, he's got the weird eye he in this thing too. have a half shut for I'm the other guy. Going on. I'm the other guy. Dick City of penis joint. <laughs> yeah, everybody's being an asshole to everybody at this point. And it got emphasized because, oh, little known fact, Sam Raimi was very ill this day. So he didn't oh, come to set. Sure. So he called up his buddy, John Favreau. John Favreau. Yeah. And John Favreau said, I have an idea. After Pete leaves the, the cafe or diner, wherever we are, yeah. let's have a waitress walk up to Harry as Harry's eating pie oh. and ask Harry, how's, how's that your pie? pie? Oh, good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's really enjoying that pie. He's really enjoying that pie. He's really enjoying just being James Franco, I think, at this point. Yeah, at this point, he's just like, God, because it's so good to be Pete's me. across the street, and he's just like, oh, fuck, man. He Can turns around to take a look. And Harry turns around and just goes, wink. Wink. <laughs> Big old smile. Smiles right at him. Oh, And now man. Pete's like, something's up. Pete got got. But Pete, Pete definitely got got. He knows how to figure this out. He knows how to get through this whole situation. And he's going to go to, I assume, a Tower Records. At the time, okay. 2007, and he's just going to walk down the aisles, and he picks out a good Charlotte album, uh-huh. a Taking Back Sunday album, yep. something corporate. Uh-huh. What you, other, hurt, you hurt me with that one. What other emo bands are there? Uh, you're missing Hawthorne Heights. Of course. I. You're right. Uh, probably Simple Plan. Definitely Simple Plan. I would say The Killers. The Killers. For sure. Thrice. Yeah. He picks out all these albums, and then he puts his hair off to the side and in front of his eye, and we got a- Snow Patrol. We got an old emo- you pulled that one out. Yeah. Why did you? Well, remember my theory about Spider-Man soundtracks? I sure do. Yeah. I don't know if it holds up with this movie. No? These bands actually went someplace or well, didn't disappear? No one got snapped? Actually, if I'm being honest, I haven't heard from a lot of them in a long time. But Well, this movie was also 12 years ago. Well, I mean, that's that's the theory, though. That's true. They go away for seven years, and at least. Slightly reemerge. Snow Patrol, The Killers, yeah. like yeah. you said. The Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. Oh, man. Wolf Mother. Okay. The Walkmen. I don't know what that is. I don't even know how half of nope. these. The Flaming Lips. Uh, they're still kind of they're around. They're still kind yeah. of around, yeah. Here's one you probably haven't heard of in a while. Chubby Checker. Wow. <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> yeah, because they do the twist. And sure little, he went away for a lot longer than seven years. James Franco, Mary Jane Dansaw. I don't want to talk about that scene anymore. Can't do it. And Jet. Jet's back. Are or they? are they not back? They did another is movie, Jet I feel back? like. 
Jet was in Spider-Man 2. You're right. That's what it was. <laughs> You're right. And uh, Rogue Wave. Don't even know what that is. Yeah, no. He's an emo boy now. He's got the eyeliner on and everything. Yeah. He went the full nine with it, and he's going to show up at Harry's, and then they're going to do a fight. What was really weird is yeah. it's not like he put it on. It just, he just is, looked it is in the on. mirror, and it's him now. Because now he's got the, the, and he's like, the black oh, I gotta, suit. He wears the black suit underneath his clothes. pull this hair down. They do a fight. Fine. Pete's going to use the glider to weapon at one point. Yeah. I don't know. Any of this stuff works. Yeah. And then he pumpkin bombs Harry. Well, he Harry tries to the pumpkin bomb. out of. Yeah, he tries to pumpkin bomb It's a bomb reversal. Pete, but he webs it and fires it on back. It seems to be his move in this movie. Yeah. And then Harry goes boom. Yeah, right in his face. A hi, bomb. A hi. <laughs> and now that Harry's all blown up and we don't check back in there for a while. Ever. Pete walking the street sees that Spidey's now the bad guy. Yeah. Black suit Spidey. He was shown his true colors, as they say. He's robbing a robbing bank. a bank. But he's like, wait a minute, I don't remember doing that. <laughs> was that a John C. Riley? <laughs> it wasn't, but it could have been. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it put, could be. I put in the black suit and I ended up in a bank. Makes uh, sense of that. Well, hey, I uh <laughs> I had the black suit and I was like, uh I don't know, maybe I just put on a black suit. Evil Pete's gonna show up at the Daily Bugle and calls out Eddie says. That's a fake picture. This is the real photoshopping. And Eddie says, "You can't tell. Don't tell. Don't. Him. You'll ruin me." He says, "I don't give a damn." Yeah, it's like you took my job with a fake photo. Nah, yep. son. Jameson gonna fire Eddie. Good on Jameson. It, it seems like a real dick move on Pete's part until you realize that there's nothing wrong about what he does here. Not even a little bit. No. Do you think non-black suit Pete would have done it? I'm not sure. Or would he have like? Let it slide I and think try to prove him wrong no, other ways. I, I think that's what he would have done. Yeah. The higher road. This is just kind of the middle road. This isn't even the low road, to tell you the truth. It's not the low road. But this is... Even Robbie Robertson tells Jameson, he's like, we're going to have to print a redaction. He says, we've never printed a redaction. We've printed a redaction in 20 years. They yeah. did it. And they did. They had to... Cleared his name. And then so they said... he was a bad boy there for... Fired that photographer. And then the movie breaks. The world breaks. The Spider-Man lore breaks. My love of Spider-Man kind of falls apart here. I just, I can't do it. I need further explanation, Dave. I don't know what you're... I can't do it. What are you referring to? Can we skip ahead? I'm not sure what you mean. It's just a, oh, we don't talk about fight scenes in detail sometimes. It's a fight scene. It's, fight, big, it's a big fight scene. Fight scene? No, it's a big fight scene. Who was fighting? Everyone. Were they kung fu fighting? Nope. Because I heard everyone was, everybody was kung fu fighting. Nope. The kicks were fast as lightning. So this scene. This is the scene that is looked at as possibly the biggest embarrassment in a superhero movie. This is the the poetry reading of this movie. Okay. The Superman poetry moment of this movie. Pete's going to finger gun everyone he sees outside. He's wearing all black. He's going to show up <laughs> and just hit on everybody. Everyone, he thinks he's hot shit. Everyone else is looking at him like he's a fucking tool bag, except for Betty Brant, which is weird. He's wearing the symbiote suit. He's full-blown emo Spidey boy now. Dancing in the streets. And he's dancing in the streets. There's and, something interesting about this uh, scene. Ah, fuck, Brian. God this movie it's miserable it's painful to it get through it really a real long time basks in its own awkwardness but i think it might mean to it absolutely does because it's as awkwardly cut as the weird part in spider-man 2 yeah. where we joked that they just gave it to an nyu film student yeah but the part that broke me the most in this <sighs> is when he goes into the suit shop and comes out in the black suit and then and dances he... in the doorway yep what's wrong with that you don't everything do that? You everything, don't stand in doorways and do this. wrong with that. You're, Brian is dancing. His arms are, are rolling. And I'm uncomfortable. Uh, Still. You know what was really weird about that scene? As all these women are looking pick at him. Pick one spot. I disgusted. dare you to pick one spot. 
pick one spot that's weird about this I think scene. you might agree that this is might be the weirdest part of this scene. Yes. These women are walking by him disgusted. But did you also notice how many of them were turning around to look back at him? Every like one of them. they were aroused? Every single one of them. It's a weird thing. Why were they like, ew? And then like, oh, wait. Just wait. He's very confident. What is that? That. Also, I fully believe that this is what Threebs McGeebs thinks is cool. This is what cool people do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird because didn't the weird brother in Wedding Crashers look exactly like this? <laughs> yes. I'm yes, pretty he sure he does with the hair and everything. I painted you a picture. <laughs> That's more or less what's happening. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Except it was James Franco that was painting. Right. Also, by the way, we should say Flint Marco, totally fine. Oh, yeah, by the way. By the way. Yeah. Total afterthought. He got, he got totally, out of the water. Totally fine. Still his locket. Dried out. Still his locket. Yeah. Uh, Pete's going to take Gwen to the jazz club because Dick's going dick. Hey, Threebs McGee is dicking all over the screen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> While he's there, he needs a table, and he gets real close to the Super maitre d' and says, hey, toots, give me a little shade. Give me a little shade and slips her a 20. Apparently, that's all what you need. What does the writer's room look to like for this? Unreserve <laughs> a table. Is get real creepily close to somebody, ask for shade and slip them a 20. Yep. And at this jazz club, MJ's going to take the stage to sing. Hey, you know, it's been a while since we've had a dance number. <laughs> You're right. Wow. I, I can't believe I almost didn't realize it. Pete's going to hop on the keys and start playing the, the piano. Yeah. And when did he have time to learn how to play piano? When did. Uh, Harry have time to learn how to paint. Harry has way more free You're right. time. You're than absolutely me. right. But then he's going to dance with Gwen after Gwen even recognizes, hey, isn't that your ex-girlfriend? Right. And he says, oh, yeah. Oh, that's weird. I think well, it'll be okay. She doesn't think anything of it. They do the whole dance thing, and the whole time Pete's looking at MJ, and Gwen realizes- This was for her. Shit, this was for her. And I love Gwen Stacy. Yeah. She instantly goes up to MJ and apologizes. I'm so sorry. And she leaves. And she leaves. Doesn't have to make a scene. Nothing. MJ's going to get all sad, and she's going to go wherever she goes. Wherever she goes. Pete's going to try to talk to her, because now I, that's what you do after you just yeah. embarrass someone that badly. I guess. And the bouncer says, hey, hey, dude, you all right? He says, I'm all right. Finger gunning, presumably, yeah, again. most likely. And then they try to fight him, and then he ends Don't up- Don't put your hands on me. He ends up punching MJ? Yeah, he hits MJ. Yeah. Not great. I feel like he's finally like, oh, this black suit thing's bad, isn't it? <laughs> he gets a wake-up call. MJ gets a black eye. Yeah. So as you do whenever you have a black suit on, you go to a church. Well, yeah, that's- I don't know why. The most appropriate place But Eddie's for... also at the church, and he's praying. Oh, yeah, that's Tiny Apple. Yeah, he's, he's praying. There's it's only just... one church in New York City. It's... I don't know if you know this. I uh... The Church of New York. Uh, yes, of course. Uh, or, oh, wait. There might be two. I think there's New York Church also. There's one in Hell's Kitchen. We know that. Right. That's a fact. Right. But then this is the other one. Okay. Because we can't go to Hell's Kitchen. Kitchen. He's, he's, a, he's a bad boy. There's, can't go to Hell's Kitchen, right. or else he's going to get smelled by the Daredevil. The Daredevil I don't know how will Daredevil smell senses him. work. They're heightened. They're heightened. <laughs> There's two churches: Hell's <laughs> Kitchen, Heaven's Kitchen. Yes, he goes to Heaven's Kitchen. Heaven's Kitchen, where Eddie Brock is praying to God, saying, "Please kill Peter, kill Parker. Peter Parker." <laughs> you know, when you really want to, you need to the big man's ear. <laughs> <laughs> you, you go sit in the pew, say, Listen, "That I, guy who embarrassed me, kill him." I don't ask for a lot, but if you could just murder another human being. What a Please. tall order. Pete's trying to tear the suit off in the bell tower. Yeah. Don't because that's why. where you go when you try to yep. pull off a black suit. Yep. And he's got the symbiotes dripping down in the bell tower because 
because uh, Eddie noise. Brock goes to the bell tower because, as you as you know, in these cathedrals, you go through one door, and now you're looking up a giant bell tower. Well, yeah. Well, he heard the bells, and he yes. knew he knew it wasn't on the hour. No, it's not. It's not on the hour. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's four seventeen. Right. I don't want Peter Parker to get his wings. I want him to die. He's I have not to an go angel. investigate this yes. bell. Right. And he gets sim- symbiote juice and all And he over looks himself. up and this he's like, fun. oh, it's Peter Parker. My prayers are being answered How already. How does he see Pete all the way up there? He doesn't have a camera this time. I don't know. And Pete's in a suit and he's fighting a suit. He's, he's completely Maybe he covered. recognizes his moans from his dreams. Okay. I don't know. That's what you got. All right. I don't know, man. It's... Tears the suit off, it lands on Eddie Brock. Eddie Brock. Which is almost exactly how Eddie Brock becomes Venom in the comics. Is it? Yeah. Bell Tower. Suit falls down. Did you also notice- Is that or... real? Yeah. Because there was an Amazon five-star review that I read prior to coming on here that said they nailed the Venomorian story. Yeah. Which was odd, but- Very yeah. odd, but they did. They nailed it. Okay. Did you find it odd that as Pete was pulling off this black suit that there was nothing underneath it? I did find that odd. Because- he had a red suit. The black suit went up. The, the symbiote. I, hey, man, I don't know how bonded with works. the red blue suit. And now the black suit is just the symbiote. Now he's got a birthday suit. A lot of suits. Yeah, how suit heavy get, movie. How do you get home as a naked Spider-Man in, in New York? You, uh, you free web it. <laughs> you just <laughs> cover up the spider wang and s- sling away home. That's it. You fire your just webs on down there and just th- 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 cover th- th- it th- up. Th- <laughs> web underwear. There it is. Yeah. You did it again? We did it. Venom's here. Venom is here. It's just Eric Foreman with messed up teeth. Yes. And he's bumping into a bell and the bell's loud and the suit doesn't like the loud. We did it. Yeah. Great. Pete goes back to his apartment and you know he's sad because he's sitting on the floor. Well, yeah. As you do. You only sit on the floor when you're sad. Well, when you're that sad. There's or a different there's variation not enough of sad. You can sit on the bed and you can brood as he does. Yep. Did you ever notice Threes McGeeves, his posture in all these movies- is like sickeningly upright whenever he sits. I have not noticed that. It's ridiculous. I feel like Aunt May is the kind of person to be like, hey, sit up straight. I could see that. Yeah. But yeah, you have different levels of, of sadness. You can have just regular old chair sitting. You can have bed sitting. Mm-hmm. When you're real sad, though, that's floor sitting. Floor sitting. Yeah. He's really bummed. Big time bummed. Aunt May's going to show up because apparently off screen Pete called her. Yeah. Maybe it's like two in the morning and Aunt May's like, oh, I haven't, <laughs> back. haven't heard from Peter today. <laughs> this is usually the time he drops by. I should go check on him. They do that stupid broken door gag again. Yep. Except now the actual handle is coming off the door. Right. Right. Pete's going to try to give back the, the engagement ring and she says, oh, it's not your time. Just save it for when you do need it. My husband's dead as a fucking doorknob. <laughs> don't need the this. The thing that just came off your door might as well be my husband. I don't need this ring. Uncle Ben doorknobs available at Lowe's and Home Depot. <laughs> Shout out to our first sponsor. <laughs> we did it, guys. We've made it. <laughs> Venom's going to meet Sandman. Yep. Because villains. Because villain's going to villain. Topher Grace's voice just does not work when you see Venom. Nothing, and it's just him talking. No, nothing about this Venom works. It looks skinny. Skinny. I don't like yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't even, it looks kind of cool, but it does it look kind of cool, but it not in a way it's No. Venom's supposed to be big. He's, he's supposed a, to be brooding, big, hulking, and he's just supposed to just be angry. a monster. He's yeah. not supposed to be Topher Grace. That was also Todd McFarlane's biggest issue with this movie. It's fair. Yeah. You're expecting this Venom to get more upset with Kelso falling off the water tower than you are about <laughs> anything else. It just doesn't work. Yeah, you're right. This this particular Venom seems like he'd be more upset about Donna going to a different school than him 
than if he got, I don't know, thwarted by Spider-Man. 100%. This is the type of Venom who would buy a mobile home and say, this is our new home, Donna Pinciotti. Mm. And this is where we're going mm. to live. That's this type of Venom. This kind of Venom seems like he hangs out with Fez. <laughs> <laughs> the difference here is that this type of Venom is not going to do it, not going to do it. This because is he's Venom... trying to get with Gwen and Gwen dumped him. Right. Also, this Venom seems like he'd probably get a swift kick in the ass from his old man. <laughs> this kind of Venom has a dad who's red instead of an offspring that's red. What? Red Foreman is- Oh, I got the Red Foreman. Carnage. Oh, well played, yeah. sir. Yeah. Well played. There were layers to that one. There were. It was well you had thought a out. for me, but man, it's delicious. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> They're going to conspire. Against villains, Pete are going to do that as you will, which is weird to me because weirder than Pete stalking MJ, just standing outside her window, and then after he leaves, MJ is going to sense that there was a Pete there because that happens next too. Also, at the same time, MJ is going to forget the thing I thought was weird. Yeah, let's keep going. MJ is going to get in a cab, and happens that the only cab pulling up there is Topher Grace's cab, and he's going to kidnap the MJ. Well, yeah, you know he was on the lookout for her. I guess so. A lot of he has. Here's the thing about the symbiote. He has all of Pete's memories now. Why did he go after MJ? Because he knows that that's Pete's soft spot. But how? His weak point. How? Because the symbiote has all of Pete's memories. Okay. I'll I'll buy that. Yeah. It's shaped by him. I'll buy it. That's fine. I'm pretty convinced that Spider-Man 4 ends right around here and Spider-Man 4.5 starts somewhere around here. Wow. Because we're about to get into a spot that I actually love. Okay. The tone that's set up here. The way that this thing is paced, at least for what's about to happen, is a Stan Lee comic. Tell me more. We start out with a TV reporter. And the TV reporter's breaking down what's happening on this TV screen. Mm-hmm. We're not seeing any of our characters anymore. Right. But we're just seeing news reports. You have the TV reporter in the studio saying, oh, there's a girl captured and she's 80 stories up in a web and in a taxi. And then the TV reporter on the ground is saying, oh, there's no hope left at all. Ba 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 ba. Like just building up the thing. Then we cut right to Peter Parker, says, it's go time, motherfucker. He gets on the red suit. It's a quote. Yep. It's directly from the screenplay. Everyone knows it. Go it was time, Mentioned in the Oscars that year. Mm-hmm. Go time, motherfucker. It won MTV's best, best quote of the summer so far. Yep. I remember it. Yeah. Very shocking moment. <laughs> Big upset. Let's go, motherfucker. <laughs> Then they cut back to the TV reporter, still saying, oh, it looks like there's something written in the sky. And they look up at the webbing that's up there. It's the black, thick webbing. Yeah. And it's saying, you can't take us both, Spider-Man. It's also the font they use in the actual Spider-Man comic books, which is great. Exactly. Great. But this is a whole lot of, like, surrender Dorothy moment of you see the Wicked Witch flying around, spelling it out real slowly. And you're just like, do I need to, like, sit for a minute and wait? I mean... Can I buy a vowel somewhere and get this thing <laughs> over with faster? I don't know. He had to have weaved this thing up there. Yeah. You can clearly, but it doesn't matter. After that happens, Pete's going to go to Harry and ask Harry for help. Because then we can pull all of our characters back in the user. Harry, Harry's a phantom of the opera. He's got the fucked up the side face, of the face yeah. going on here. He's kind of a Dr. Doom, really. but He probably sings better than Gerard Butler. Not hard. <laughs> not hard. If I fart the right way into a mic, it'll sound better than Gerard Butler did in that song. That's my music of the night, motherfucker. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Harry says he's not going to help Peter. Peter's like, I can't take them both on my own, man. Harry says, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. Don't give a shit. <laughs> you killed my dad. The butler. The fucking Bernard. Bernard is the one who has to talk sense into Harry. 
because now we're just, again, we're pulling every character we have. We're taking all the toys that we've taken out of the toy box now, and we need to play with them. Right. He's going to say, so, your father, I saw some fucked up things that your father did. Spider didn't kill him. His glider did. I know. What the hell, Bernard? You're going to keep this from him for how long? I don't know. He's it's like, been I years. I cleaned your father's wounds. <laughs> they were definitely <laughs> they were definitely glider wounds. Like, come on, Bernard. You could have saved so much headache if you had said something, I don't know, two years ago, or at least three movies ago. Right. And then you get your set pieces of, you see the taxi cab up there in its still position. But of course the taxi is going to fall because we need stakes. Oh, obviously. We cut steak. back down to the ground. You see the crowd looking up. <gasps> and then we see Spidey soar on in. He lands in front of that American flag, and the crowd goes wild. Yeah, they go completely apeshit. Yeah. They're like, he's here. Now let's watch him die, too. But then you just get these really nice set pieces that if you stop the movie at any point here and just take the still, it's a comic panel, man. Yeah, that's true. That camera is is just doing its own work. And give a lot of credit to Bill Pope. He's the director of photography, I believe. Did we have him last week, was it? It might have been last week. It was somewhere in the recent past. I think it was with X2. I think. I can't remember anymore. Was it Scott Pilgrim? It was Scott Pilgrim. That's what it was. But Bill Pope had to work on this thing. He had a lot of issues filming it because of all the black. How you have a black-suited character, you have the black webs at the night. Bill Pope's knocking it out of the park, man. He's very good. Crushing it. It's very good. But all this action now is set up just like the end of a comic book. You have your fight scene. Yep. You have your one villain at a time. Yep. They're not going to attack together because it doesn't make sense. When they do attack together, which they will, Venom's going to pin down Spidey and Sandman's just going to do a real slow beat-em-up on him with the big sandy fist. And it, Fine. it's not looking good for Spidey. It's not looking good until- The crowd ha- is starting to go, uh-oh. Yeah. Even the newscast cuts away. Like There is no more hope. Yeah. Harry flies in. Harry's the hope. Harry's the hope. Completely redeem a character. Those here. are my friends. I would die for them. Yeah. MJ's still. Oh, Favreau, where'd you get here? <laughs> <laughs> I've been here the whole MJ time. MJ starts falling out of these webs, whatever it is. They're going to keep fighting all the villains here. It's. I, I don't. You, you're, it's pandemonium. It is. But in such a well done way. In a clean way. Clean. It's all clean. Yeah. Basically, Sandman is going to get bombed for the most part, and he's going to just collapse after yeah. being a giant sand monster. This crowd doesn't disperse at all. Nope, they're like, they're in extreme all right, danger. surrounded by sand. Yep. Uh, Harry's going to get stabbed at yeah. a point by a Venom, or is it by a Sandman? I believe I he's know anymore. stabbed by his oh, own his glider. Oh, his own glider! That's poetic, man. It's very poetic. How about that? And he's going to go flying, and then there's these bunch of poles that fall at a point, and the Venom doesn't like that. Nope. And so Pete's going to- Threeps is like, yeah, oh, I remember this, the bell. Yeah, and he just sure, sets them all up and starts. Idiots watching this as an audience, so we have to flash back to that real fast. Banging on him. Yeah, he starts banging all these pipes, and then he webs Eddie out of the suit, yeah. which is pretty awesome. Pretty cool. But then he grabs a pumpkin bomb from the glider because he knows how to operate it. I don't know how that it works. Seems like it's just a bun. He goes to bomb the Venom suit, he's and Eddie tries diving back jump in. Back and in. Now Eddie's a skeleton man yep. of death because yep. he's dead, and the Venom and suit dead. goes poof. Bye bye. Our short-lived villain that we've been waiting for for so long yeah harry's still dying yep. oh no yeah harry's dying harry's dying on the ground there mj is still up there because she got saved who cares right she's gonna just say harry i'll hold your hand <laughs> you won't be holding it up <laughs> yeah. on your own for very much longer you're gonna die yes and then pete's gonna talk to flint marco because he's totally fine again yeah what did you think of this it's a very important scene in this movie i understand the forgiveness 
Flint Marco says, I don't need you to forgive me. I just need you to understand. Right. Got a sick girl trying to get the money. Right. Make her better. Didn't mean to kill your uncle. No. He thought his uncle was actually trying to save him, trying to help him. Right. But old Blondie there scared him and the gun went off. Yeah. And Pete's like, okay. Seems like he's living with regret, but I don't think we get enough of that. I don't think the moment has enough weight for us to get that. I agree. And I don't like that. I don't know what Spider-Man would have done in that situation anyway. I don't think he was going to kill him. No. But to just let this guy go? He like turns into sand and he just floats away. He just lets him go. So he's gone, but he's not dead by any means. He's still, I mean, he escaped prison. At large. At large. And probably still going to be trying to rob banks. Yes. 100%. Needs that money still. Like Daughter's still sick. And it's not like he hasn't had other casualties along the way since he's become this sand monster. 100%. I don't see why you just let the man go. No, it doesn't make any sense. It and it's, we're supposed sense. to get like some closure for Peter, I guess. But, I guess. But what we, closure? I think the closure here is that when they finally do Spider-Man 4. Five. Uh, whoops. Five. When they next do the next <laughs> Spider-Man, they won't actually have to finally do a, a Uncle Ben scene for once. Impossible. It's a lot like a Batman parent scene. It has to happen. Uh, I agree. I, I don't like it either, but rules are rules. What were the rules? I don't know. That's why I like Homecoming so much, because we didn't touch on it. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Pete goes on to Harry. Harry's going to go. Yep. Because he's dead. Yeah. He's dead, Harry. Aw. But I like James Franco so much. Go to his funeral. Okay. It's raining again. <laughs> Another funeral rain. Always rains at funerals. Always. And Come there's on. a stupid Threes McGee's voiceover, because it's still a it's Spider-Man movie. the it end of a Spider-Man end. movie. Yep. But it's not. Because... Pete's going to go to the jazz bar where MJ's singing. Yes. And he's going to extend his hand and they're going to do a dance and, and we're going to get some dance. credits. And that's, we'll call it Spider-Man 3 and 4. Thorbs McGorbs? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and that's the Sam Raimi trilogy. Trilogy implies that there's only three, Dave. I think that was all one movie. This is two different movies, man. It doesn't make any sense. It's completely out there. Like our hero is... So selfish that is insane. Yeah. Like we've seen selfish heroes in the past with Deadpool. Deadpool, like the that. Incredibles. But here it's, I mean, who's this for? It's all for threebs. Unbelievable, man. My wife watched five minutes of this movie. Yeah. And she threatened to walk out. It was the end. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she said, I'd rather just go upstairs. Uh, as oh, I was finishing. Oh, I thought, I nope, thought you she meant. She was completely done. She, I thought you meant walk out on you. Uh, I'm not sure that that might not happen yet still. So. <laughs> For having to sit through it. But as I'm typing up the rest of my notes, she went, ha ha, there's a dog puppet. What? And I went, what are you talking about? What? And I had a, I paused it. Sure enough, in the credits, there's dog puppet listed. What? Not only is there dog puppet listed, the people who portray dog puppet are Greg Nicotero and Howard Berger, two of the most famous special effects wizards alive. I need, I need more. Both are known for working with George Romero on the zombie movies okay. of Dawn of the Dead, all that stuff. Yeah. Howard Berger, he's got himself an Academy Award for Chronicles of Narnia, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe for special effects. He's also got himself an Emmy for The Walking Dead. Wow. Greg Nicotero, he's got himself an achievement in makeup for the Chronicles of Narnia Academy Award there. Also has the Emmy for The Walking Dead. And learned directly from Tom Savini because he began his career in Pittsburgh on Dawn of the Dead. Where was there a dog puppet in this movie? I have no idea, but those are are names that should be etched in a stone somewhere because they're that good. 
Like, this is wild. How I don't remember there being a dog, dog at all in this movie. I don't know. What a weird credit, though. Eagle-eyed wife, man. There you go. She got that one. What do you think of this movie? Here's the thing, Dave. I remember hating this movie. Yeah. I didn't hate it. Okay. Watch it this time. I got you. I was like, this is not as bad as everybody was saying it was. In fact, I think it's a better portrayal of Venom than the Venom movie. Haven't seen it, but I've heard that. And it's still not a great portrayal. I think you could take pieces of both and maybe put together an acceptable Venom, but you still haven't seen a good one. No, but I'm in the same boat as you. But I also feel it's unresolved. Completely. But they are setting up a fourth movie. Right. Which will not happen. Well, right. That's true. I'm in the same boat as you because I do like this movie. Oh, good. I liked it when I saw it in theaters. Yeah. Because the two hours, 14 minutes, I I didn't look at the watch. I thought it was fine. Right. I had so many issues with the dancing Spidey scene that it's just one Makes of those things sense. that takes you right the hell out. Doesn't You don't need that in there. Yeah. At all. Or if you do it, maybe cut it down. Fine. We get it. Sam Raimi likes to have a goofy goof sometimes. Fine. Sometimes. But I think the reason this movie gets shit on, and it does get shit on. Well, big time. Is due to an issue that we still see today. What's that? Fan ownership. Hmm. We've never discussed fan ownership on this. That's true. Where who actually owns what's happening on the screen? Is it the fans or is it the creators? Because what you see a lot of the time, like you have something like episode eight, Star Wars, The Last mm-hmm. Jedi. I love that movie. I think it was great. A lot of people hate that movie. That's true. Oh, they tried putting out a petition to remove it from the canon. That doesn't, yeah. But they don't like it because it went against everything that all the other ones have done. Like, we're going to talk stars for a moment. Fine. Sure. Going against everything that they've done, they had to unravel the entire universe in order to set up the next thing. Mm-hmm. It w- went against everyone's expectations. And that's what they didn't like about it. When you have something with Spider-Man 2, where you put the bar just unreachable. Yeah. It is so high yeah. that how could you get there again? It's like the first Matrix. How could you get to that level again? Right. That when you have something like this, which isn't bad, it has a lot of issues. Doesn't deserve to get hate, though. No, I agree. But it went against what people expected. Yeah. But I mean, even looking back on this, like I I had read up on fan ownership and stuff like that. Just curious about it. Yeah. Because we kind of are going through that right now again with everything in the MCU. Mm -hmm. MCU is very well known for being tight-lipped. And I think that helps. The amount of leaks that come out, they're not that big. Right. So you don't have a chance to speculate. You don't have a chance to kind of create your own story and then when you're wrong about the story you go well fuck fuck this movie that happens all the time by the same token yeah. i think you'd also be upset if you went in and it was exactly what you thought it was going to be yeah then you say like oh i could have done it because yeah, i did yeah. it in my head so already. like yeah there's almost no winning you're kind of in a kobayashi Maru. yeah when it comes to filmmaking on a giant fan level i guess so I I, I read it here where Arthur Sir Arthur Conan Doyle with the Sherlock Holmes series, he ended up killing him off. Spoiler alert. And then he had people walking around with like armbands and hate mail. That's extreme. Extremely extreme. But what's any different than trolls that we see on the internet now? Oh, it's not. I don't want to see Ryan Johnson's Twitter account because I bet it's disgusting. <laughs> Probably. All the stuff that's been written there. Yeah. I mean, who's it fall on? At some point, the director has to have the leeway to be able to do what they want with them. You have to think that they have to be able to do that. But even when we see something with Shazam, where they're putting out purposely like misdirected information in order to throw you off. They have to manufacture a twist outside the movie in order to make you buy into something. That shouldn't be the case. No, you should have. You should be able to take a movie for what it's worth. Look at the screen, enjoy it, and shut your fucking mouth. And just take (laughs) it for what it is. But people can't do that. No. 
And I mean, even Endgame's been out now for a week, two weeks, whatever it is. Yeah. Whenever we release this thing, we've talked about it. We love that movie. It's so it's good. Way up on the top of my list. Yeah. It Not might my be, top, but it's way up there. It MCU might be my is top. top of my list. And I've talked about my issues with that movie. I'm not going to talk about them here. There's a lot of issues I have with that movie. There's, uh, yeah. There's, and I adore that movie. It's not perfect. Not even close to it. But it's not even close to it. Perfect. Yeah. But there were so few leaks about that, that we didn't get a chance to really speculate. Right. right. Like we got to speculate all we wanted and they were nuts and we knew they were nuts. We just, we couldn't go off of any of the stuff we saw. Yeah. And all the stuff that did leak, they let leak eventually. Yeah. So they made it easier yeah, on the, the things, fans to digest. The things that like they were like, so, all right, but, fine, we'll give you that. I don't know. I feel like Spider-Man 3 falls dead on into that of, yeah, we're going to force Venom on you. Well, it was another thing but, where Sam yeah. Raimi claimed the whole time, I hate Venom, you'll never see him in one of my movies. Until he came around. Until yeah. at Comic-Con where he's like, all right, Venom's in this one. Here's what he's going to look like. Slap it wasn't the until they already had him like ready Done. to go that fans knew he was even in the movie. So there wasn't then time for them the movie, to speculate either. Once he's in the movie, you get one of Spider-Man's biggest baddies in the movie, and then you show him for five minutes. Yeah. You don't get any of him. Yeah, that's true. And the five minutes you get, he doesn't look anything like what you would expect. Exactly. And in this movie, I mean, you barely get Sandman. Right. You barely get Green Goblin. Right. It's, what is this? But at the same time, there are so many different villains pulling him in different directions. It's I, I wish it wasn't villain based. I wish that, yeah. I wish that either they picked a villain and stuck with it yeah. and kind of let the drama unfold behind the scenes a little more because the stuff in the first half of this movie works really, really well. Yeah. But the rest of it just doesn't. When you're trying to resolve things, it it's lost. Right. Where you're asking more questions than you're answering. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm still sitting here like, what's happening with Sandman? He's just off doing his thing. What's going on with Peter? Is he? No idea. We yeah. have no idea. Doesn't no doesn't no, no, no. sit well with me. It doesn't, and it doesn't sit well with a lot of people. I still don't know why Sandman and Venom. Yeah, why did they even team up? No idea. Because well, they had a mutual enemy. I think that's it. But did Sandman have an enemy in Spider Man? No, he wasn't ever actively hunting Spider Man. The only thing he wanted was money. Yes. So it doesn't. I don't know. I don't know either. And it's not like Spider Man could stop him. Right. As long as he stays away from water, he's just fine. He should he's probably good. get off of Manhattan. That would yeah, be the that would, easy way to do it. Yeah. Go to the Midwest. You're going to be safe. Get yourself on a plane to Arizona. <laughs> and you can run that place. Yeah, Bonnie and Clyde. They were both sand people. And that's why they stayed landlocked, North Texas and all that area. I would watch that movie. Yes, 100%. Sand people, Bonnie All those and Clyde. bullets wouldn't have harmed them. No, nope, just gone right through and they would have been like, hooey, or however they Yeah, no, hooey, that's it. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, one to 100%. Go. 67. 63. Oh, okay. Not bad, actually, though. It was a little lower than you thought. Uh, we got a new list. Is it the top 70? Top 71. And I couldn't figure out what the extra edition was. Huh. <laughs> I went through it. Avengers Endgame is the new number one. Naturally. It barely squeaked out over Black Panther. And it doesn't make sense. I don't understand how this list works because Black Panther's at 97%. Yep. Avengers Endgame is at 95%. Right. But the adjusted scores are 118.134% for Black Panther and 119.713% for Endgame. So they're within a point of each other. I wonder if they count in box office. I'm not sure. Because that would help. That would. Because Endgame is. They both killed it. Crushing it, though. They both killed it. Endgame's going to shatter every record that's ever existed. It already is the largest opening, first opening week of any movie of all time. 
It's weird that with that one, we're not talking Titanic or Avatar like we usually do. No, they already- We're talking Gone with the Wind. It already- And that's insane. That should never be talked about because of how much money that made due to inflation. Bonkers. It's crazy. List top 71 superhero movies. Go. Oh, I was still thinking Endgame. I was like, it's one, but- No. Spider-Man 3, the top 71. We've mentioned it. We've mentioned 65. Okay. Because it's right in front of the Toxic Avenger. Right. Right behind Watchmen. We've done We've talked about the sandwich. (laughs) We're in the meat. As you can imagine, the reviews on this are all over the place, but the interesting one that stood to me was the audience score. We've never talked about an audience score in a superhero movie before on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. This one's a 51%. That is so polarizing. Out of over 2 million votes. That's so many. And yet it's still- 50. Right in the center. Just- Bam. Just barely. So there are people that and like this movie. I think that's movie. appropriate. There's a lot of people that like this movie. I think we're safe to say we're two of them. Yeah, I, I guess you could say I like Spider-Man 3. Yeah. But. Wow. That's okay. surprising from you. Not too surprising for me. No, that's true. I watched Green Lantern again last week. Shut up. You did not. <laughs> I did. You did? I did. Why? I wanted to. I was curious to see if it held up to me. Ugh. And guess what? Did it? It sure did. I hate you. And it was weird. Because after I finished, I went, that was actually better than the first time. Oh, stop it. <laughs> so, I don't know, man. I'm broken. <sighs> Some reviews. The St. Louis Post-Dispatch. He said, notwithstanding a cute scene in which Peter enlists suave maitre d', Bruce Campbell, to help him propose to Mary Jane, director Sam Raimi's juggling of the comedy and the action is unusually flat-footed. It's a positive review. Okay. Hey, I love that scene. So NPR.org said at 141 minutes, this soup opera is seriously overextended with four distinct subplots and way too much hand wringing over things like the heroine singing career. Yeah. In a very rare moment, Roger Ebert on Rotten Tomatoes said too many villains, too many pale plot strands, too many romantic misunderstandings. Too many conversations, too many street crowds looking high into the air and shouting, ooh, this way, then swiveling and shouting, ah, that way. I agree. What do you think he gave this out of his stars? One star? Two. Oh, wow. The great failing of Spider-Man 3 is that it failed to distract me from what a sap Peter Parker is. Huh. It lingers so long over the dopey romance between Peter and the long-suffering Mary Jane that I found myself asking the question, could a whole movie about the relationship between these two 20-somethings be made? They're not 20-somethings. Yeah, no. And my answer was no, because today's audiences would never accept a hero so clueless and a heroine so docile. And isn't it a little unusual to propose marriage after sharing only one kiss? And that one in the previous movie? An upside down? That's a stretch. It is, but we never see the love, man. We never see the love. That's true. There's more fighting between those two than there is love. How could Sam Raimi, having gone so right with Spider-Man 2, have gone so wrong with Spider-Man 3? Did the $250 million budget paralyze him? Has the series grown too heavy on its feet? How many times can we see essentially the same romantic scenario repeated? How much dangling in the air can one girl do? And how does Spidey keep his identity a secret anyway? when there are more arrivals and departures through his apartment's window than on a busy day at LaGuardia. <laughs> That's, that is Ebert pretty gets accurate. It on this That's, one. Uh, he completely gets it. He nailed it. He nailed it. I have some questions for you. I have some answers. Our good, good friends at Quora, which we call the general public. Ah. First question, because now we're done with this trilogy. We can kind of talk about it again because we're about to reboot. 
Yeah. The next time we talk about Spider-Man. Yeah. What if Peter Parker had seen a doctor right after the spider bite? <laughs> he'd probably end up with more of like a Captain America situation. Okay. <laughs> That'd be my guess. Is He'd end up being like a, either some sort of experiment gone awry or a government employee used for war purposes. Well, my favorite answer on the Quora is uh, there's two GIFs on here. GIFs? GIFs? GIFs. What's the world decided on here? I don't care what the world says. It's GIFs. Okay. Someone wrote a scene, which made me very happy, where it says, Doctor, why are you here today? Peter, I don't feel so good. <laughs> From Infinity War. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor says, it seems straightforward. It's a spider bite. Peter, blank-faced, Tobey Maguire, stare. <laughs> As you do. Yeah. The doctor says, which means you're fine. So you can go now. <laughs> and then you get Peter going, please, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Oh. Pretty pretty brilliant. Yeah, Whoever wrote that scene out. It's pretty well done. How much? You don't much care for it? Yeah. Let me tell you something I don't care for. Okay. Someone recently asked, which film is Shazam more similar to? Sam Raimi's Spider-Man or Spider-Man Homecoming? Brian has done a rock eyebrow type thing when I asked that question. That's such a bizarre question. (laughs) I don't know, man. It's its own thing. Yes. Let it be its own thing. (laughs) Is it more like this Spider-Man or this Spider-Man? What? I don't know. That's a weird question. Yeah. Chew on this one. If Spider-Man 3 was longer and the three villains were handled better, what would it be like? (laughs) Answer is better movie in general, but still. It would have been better. (laughs) But I don't know how long you could have made it. It's already two plus hours. That's plenty. Yeah. I mean, you start adding time and then it's like. What you really do is you remove a villain. Yeah. And then everyone's happy. Right. What they were originally. Which one? Obviously, Venom. You take out Venom. They were originally going to do Sandman and new goblin but they were going to have ben kingsley as the vulture in the front and end that'd be cool be great he would have been a pretty good vulture yeah absolutely what do you think what what spider-man 4 would have looked like i actually have a very good idea of what spider-man 4 would have looked like you're speaking for fact aren't you i'm speaking for fact go ahead Raimi said he wanted to do something with dr connors obviously he's been in lizard a bunch of movies now so he wants to explore the transformation into lizard but after the vulture got pulled from this one he was like I still want to do Vulture. Yeah. So Spider-Man 4 was originally going to be John Malkovich as, as the, the vulture, vulture. And he was also going to be introducing Anne Hathaway as Felicia Hardy, Black Cat. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Weird that it's Anne Hathaway. There was Black a, Cat. a rumor. It's real close yeah. to Catwoman role yeah. and everything. Yeah, we know. There's a rumor going around that she was actually going to be a new villain made specifically for the movie called the Vulturette, like the daughter of- That's kind of cool though. Of uh, but, yeah. but to use Felicia Hardy- very cool. But also. then Sam Raimi has also said that she would have ended up being the black cat at some point. Okay. There were also talks of giving Bruce Campbell a bigger role and making him Mysterio. That's a pretty cool Mysterio. Yeah. Weirdly enough, I kind of don't want to see him as Mysterio. I would have rather have seen him as like Craven the Hunter. Oh, that would Something be Something wild like that. No that would pun. be a no lot pun of fun. But or Rhino. Even a fun Rhino. He would have been a fun Rhino. Anything Bruce Campbell's fun. He's the best. Hail to the chin. <laughs> Final question I got for you here from Quora, our good friends. Why did Peter Parker dance in Spider Man 3? Because he hates us and he wants <laughs> us all to suffer. Uh, that question was posed right after the movie came out and it still has no answers. Good. So the public still understands. Because you touch yourself at night. Fuck that scene. <laughs> Fun fact about Topher Grace and yeah. Thomas Hayden Church they never auditioned. They just. They got, got the roles. They got 
unceremoniously invited to meetings at Sony, and they're like, you want to do this? Yeah. Why on. wouldn't you? You're coming off a massive hit of Spider-Man 2. That makes right. sense. Right. Uh, there were two other options for Gwen Stacy, though. Who? Alicia Cuthbert and Scarlett Johansson. I could see Alicia Cuthbert. Oh, yeah. She was hot then, too. She had a ton of roles going yeah. on. Scarlett Johansson, maybe. She would have been a very young Scarlett. Yeah, maybe. I think they kind of got it right. I do, too. Which is weird. Bryce Dallas Howard. Nails it. This is an early role for her, too. Yeah, she this doesn't is... do much in this movie, but it's enough. And it is enough. She's a really good She keeps scene. popping up in a lot of places in this movie. Yeah. It's kind of bizarre, but she does a very good job. Small world. They build a real small world. We know That's that. That's true. The smallest New York that exists. How about you give me some super stuff? I think we should do exactly that. Setting. It's New York. It's a very small New York. It is, but we're in Times Square and often. It's shot in Cleveland. Part of it was. <laughs> yeah. They said that they can use a sound. What, no, it's like a convention center. Yeah. And they said you could have it for free. And I've worked in locations, and that is the dream to hear. Sure. Free? Yeah. Deal. They're going to love me. <laughs> <laughs> it's New York. Even in the, the crane scene where Gwen Stacy's getting her picture taken. Yeah. That's a, that's that's New, a New York cyclorama behind her. It makes sense location-wise, geography-wise. All, all the Broadway Spam a lot. scenes and Phantom. and It's all there. I'm giving it a big fat one. We'll give it a That's one. New York. Style and tone. Bill Pope does a hell of a job in this movie. Yes. Great style. I think style is great. I it's think the, the tone, tone is a mess because it's all over the place. Like you said, it feels like two different movies. Yeah, I'm going to go 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5. Hero. Zero. He's he's very bad in this movie. He's very bad in this movie. He's yeah, like he saves the day, bad. but he actually needs help saving the day from a villain. From a villain? <laughs> the villains. Zero. Zero. Yeah, because Sandman... He's villainous, but he's kind of just a bank robber. He's a bank robber. He has motivation. He does have motivation, but that's- Which is ooh, nice ooh, to see. But that's fine and all. He gets what he, he wants, but then what does he do with it? He go, and which is- Yeah, and then Venom is barely in the movie. Venom's hardly in the movie, but the symbiote is part of Peter for a lot of the movie. So you're saying You could Peter's almost say villain. that, yeah. In fact- But Peter dances. Historically- <laughs> <laughs> Historically, on the posters for the Spider-Man movies, yeah. you see the reflection of the villain. That's the famous in his... one. So you're saying Peter's? I'll go 0. 0.25 then, if you want to give anything to this movie. Yeah, we'll Just say to say we did. Peter was the villain. He gets a 0.25 <laughs> because you know yeah. what? As a villain, he did make me very angry when he danced. That's fair. Female characters. Gwen Stacy's great. Gwen Stacy's good. She does. Yep. MJ doesn't totally suck. She's a damsel in stress at the end. She is a damsel at the end. And kinda, actually, yeah, give that, that was originally supposed to be Gwen Stacy. They changed it the last second. I'm glad they did because it raised the stakes. They put Mary they Jane in there. have done much. She didn't scream at all in this movie. She did. My wife pointed it out in the five minutes that she was there. Oh, but no, but here's the thing. <laughs> yeah. They pulled all of her screams from Spider-Man 2. Doesn't change the fact at all. <laughs> no. Uh, I'll go 0. 0.5. They're, okay. they're both okay. I think that's fair. They're both okay. They don't do a ton. They're fine. Story motivation. Oh boy! Yeah, that's a zero. That's a that's a this big is old a mess. That zero. First hour. What is Peter's motivation Great. at all in this movie? I don't know. He wants to marry MJ. I don't but know. He's but, all I mean, caught up in his own. Sam Raimi will tell you that the whole motivation of Peter is to better understand the world. That you can have sinners in the world too, and that Peter's not perfect. Yada yada. But it's like, why don't you hit that's one not of a those? motivation? Why don't you pick though, one and go with it? That's and then all do happening. It, to do it the him. right way. Yeah. So other zero. zero. Music one. Like, it's a one. I loved it. It's a one. It's a non-Elfman one, even though Elfman was kind of there. It's a kind of Elfman one. Impact on the genre. It's tricky. Very. Because they rebooted it. They did reboot Twice it. Twice over. Twice. But this is the end of the major impact. They the were going to make a four. Sam Raimi's Scrapped the one it. who pulled out. Yes. Because he didn't think he had enough time. Which is 
crazy to think. Yeah. But I guess they did four versions of the script and he wasn't happy with any of them. So finally he was just like, forget it. But how does that impact the impact? <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, I mean, they rebooted it because he's a popular enough character from the original trilogy. Yeah. Mark Webb never got his full trilogy. He only got the two because Amazing Spider-Man 2 had way too many issues and did not do that great. Right. I kind of want to go like 0.25 because it is the end of the trilogy. Yeah. And it didn't get its four. But not because of the movie. Not because of the movie. But at the same time, it is because of the movie because what they could have done was say like, you don't like these scripts, go kick rocks. We got, we'll bring someone else in. Right. Well, the thing is the studio put a timeline on it. Yeah. Which studios do and- Right. Studios suck because of that. They're like, no, they we want this to come out to next right. May. Right. And Remy was like, nope. No. Nope. No way. Parents. We get a brand new death of Uncle Ben in this. He's still Uncle. Yeah, but he's I'll Peter's go, father we'll, figure. We'll give the traditional 0.25 for Spider-Man. Okay. Because it's non-screen Uncle Death. <laughs> One-liners? Not great. There's nothing that's calling out to me right now. Nothing. I'll go zero. If anything, Tofs McGoffs might have something. No. But. I got nothing. Big ol' zero. That is a zero. What we got? We're looking at a 3.75 for Spider-Man 3. I'm okay with that. That seems that right. That feels right. Comes in right above Watchmen. Above Watchmen? Yeah. Oof. Okay. Watchmen's a much more interesting movie than this. That's amazing. In between Watchmen and Toxic Avenger. Toxic Avenger's on a league of its own. That should have its own list. It should get a plus 10 just for being Toxic Avenger. It's terrific. If you haven't watched it yet, please watch it. It's terrific. You should definitely do that. What are we talking about next week? Next week, we're going to go back DC. We're going to be talking about we Superboy. We kind of need to. We've, we've had a few straight weeks here of, of Marvel. If you don't count Scott Pilgrim, it's been four in a row. It's a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, let's go back DC and talk about Superman Returns. Brendan Routh. Unfortunately directed by Brian Singer. That's true. Wasn't part of the plan. Nope. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's less exciting now. <laughs> Brian Singer and... Uh, Kevin Spacey, what could go wrong? <laughs> it seems like it'd just be full of happy times. Hide your kids, hide your husband, as they say. <laughs> That's the thing they say. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. You can like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Kate Podcasters. And if you have any kind of questions or comments, anything to say at all, you can email it to us at katepodcasters at gmail.com. Well, thank you for all the stuff we received so far. We Appreciate every bit of it. Yeah. It's been great. So we'll see you next week for Superman Returns. Same pod time. Same pod channel. Brian, that's Spider-Man 3. What do you think happens post-credits? I think we cut to Tom Holland chilling in a studio. There's a TV on in the background, and he's he's sitting there, and he's with somebody else. You can't really tell who it is. And you hear you hear somebody say, oh, I've actually never seen this. You know, I was almost in it. Oh? And then it gets you see the end credits go. Yeah. It cuts to the end of the movie. End credits go on. And it turns back, and Jake Gyllenhaal sitting in the chair. He's like, whew. Dodge that bullet, puts on the fishbowl, and goes to set. <laughs> he really did dodge a bullet. Yeah. Good for him. What do you think happens?
What I think happens is it's kind of like an alternate take that they didn't use in this movie. So they just want to show it off a little bit. Sure. Spidey is getting the key to the city. He's on top of the roof and he comes swinging down. He's giving the high fives to the folks because it's all practical effects. Yeah. He gets on top of the thing and he does the handstand and he goes, Shazam! And a bolt of lightning comes down and strikes <laughs> Spider-Man. And you see him turn into a big spider boy with a big lightning on his chest. And Zachary Levi's in the crowd go, oh, come on! 